This episode of Pixels and Puppets is dedicated to the memory of our friend Scarlet, who sadly passed away late last year. So one final time, shout out Scarlet. Welcome to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast, the only podcast to combine the subjects of gaming, tech, media, and puppets for no easily explainable reason. January 13th, 2024. You are the internet. I am Kevin Blades. My pronouns are he, him, and this is episode one of season two of Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast. Joining me are my co-hosts. His pronouns are he, him. It's Jamie, a.k.a. Scumboy. Greetings. <gasps> Taking a breath. And his pronouns are he, him. It's Andrew, a.k.a. Bat Phantom. It's me. We're all in the same room for the first time literally since I think the last, the last podcast. podcast. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Which was I, I the video up, podcast? The wasn't video it? podcast in late September. Oh, jeez! Mm. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think I, it was that long. Yeah, but it's no, that that's long. crazy. Well, I mean, Wild. they did have to saw off the top of your head to access your teeth. So, <laughs> oh, there's been so much. Mm. There's just so much. Well, I, I did want to uh, suggest that for the new year, I think it's time for a new podcast. Instead, we're going to be pucks and pigskins. We're just going to talk Sports. about hockey and football, and that's it. <laughs> and who will you get to host it? Uh, I'm sure we find somebody. I'm sure you will. The Leafs well, versus well, the Redskins. Joe Rogan's well, we know not, they're not the Redskins anymore. Also, the Redskins wouldn't have played the Leafs because no, they're football. But maybe they will. Maybe that's the new reality: is hockey versus football. <laughs> Who wins? Only Who one will die. Will, only one will leave the stadium. <laughs> or not? I mean, I just I'm just throwing it out there. The, we want to do something new for 2024. The hockey pit. Hockey pit. The cherry pits. Canadian, you see. Yeah, Don mm-hmm. Cherry reference. Deep Please cut for the Canadians. Don't reference Don't, John, Don, 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 Don Cherry. He's, yeah, <laughs> it's all good. Hey, we're back, everybody. How's we it had going? A, we had a hiatus for four months. Yeah, about, about four that? months. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Just a, a light hiatus. We, uh, we, we kind of didn't plan to do seasons originally. We didn't plan anything originally. No. <laughs> What's a season? What is a season? But we're going with seasons now. A season, season is what two. you make it. It's exactly. true. We'll see if season if the seasons are year long. Maybe they will be. I think it's always, it's a nice thing to just take a break around the holidays anyway. I mean, so. historically, a season of television was a year. So, you know, that's kind of bullshit Unless right you're there. in the UK, then it's six episodes and then they're they're gone for <laughs> For a year, months. though. That was the thing. It was still one a year. So, you know. but. Episode a year. American television was twenty four episodes. It was spread over nine months, and then they would go away for the summer and come back in the fall. Unless there was a writer strike. Unless you know there was lots of other things. In which case, it's reality TV. All the and way. then we started splitting television into two ten episode arcs, and then down to we're down to eight episodes a season and I many swear, shows. Like there are three seasons of 90 day fiance a year at this point yeah well that's it reality shows fucked everything i mean even survivor i mean they well, that all they came call out the, of the, the writer strike yeah, right? yeah, I mean, yeah. that's why that survivors happened. up to technically what season 46 or something ludicrous <laughs> it's, the, theoretically it's, impossible it's number. been on the air for 18 years and yet they're somehow up to season 46 because it's literally seasonal yeah and so anyway Hey, we're, television. We're podcast. Remember television? I remember podcasts. I, it's been I, a while. I, we're I rusty. Do, I do remember. Podcasts. We have to remember I'm buttons, rusty. buttons, and and things. Uh, did y'all have a good holiday season? I did. It was uh, it was a nice time off, and I'm having a hell of a time uh, readjusting to work. It is it's, weird. You're readjusting to work. 
just in time to, to go away for 14 <laughs> days. That's right. Um, That's the best. It's I, I'm just getting enough time to get really angry and then go away and then get not angry and then come back and get angry. That's again. the way to I do mean, it, kids. Having a heat sink is always good, mm-hmm. right? Except I'm, I'm probably going to end up pumping myself up full of uh, um, uh, pressure and anger like uh, like a, a, a thermometer. Slow just release over the, the 14 days of yeah. the holiday and. Just as you step off the boat or step off the airplane back in Toronto, it'll start building again. Yep. But uh, yeah, and I took my my holiday before the holiday. <laughs> I took an early holiday, and uh, I was done work on the ninth. You were back for like a day, yeah, and, and then yeah, we're I, gone again. I went on a cruise uh, and with a, a couple of extra days on either end, and then I immediately went out to Nova Scotia for. I was Christmas. able to get way ahead of you guys in Destiny. Yeah, you were. Yeah, yeah. I brought and I brought an Xbox with me this time. I mean, it was it was the first time I've actually. No, that's not second. I was I did bring the Xbox when I was helping mom when she had her surgery. So I did have the Xbox with me at that point. Too. But you, you, you're, you're like, I'm going to bring the smaller headset, and it turned out to be the garbage headset. Oh yeah, it was fine. But still, we live in an age of miracles. That's right. Except that you had to be quiet because your mom wonders. was in the next room. Kevin, how was your uh, holiday? Oh, it was fine. Uh, Made a few puppets? Just, I, no, actually. Well, I took uh, I took some time off, which was necessary. Yes. Um, uh, did some planning. And yeah, it was really just kind of quiet and, you know. Low-key. Yeah, that's the way I like it. Just chill. Listen to new music from artists that are undiscovered. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I discovered? Just yesterday, I mean, obviously this is ancient. Ethiopian jazz. Okay, I should I should hook you up with that. You it was it was it was it was a weird uh, exposure, and this is from the seventies too. Okay, it's a very old cut, but it was mentioned on one of my Twitter feeds. One of my one of the more advanced humans that I follow uh, <laughs> invoked it and said it was incredible, and it was it's really something. So was it like modern jazz? Or- yeah, oh yeah, it was very progressive even in the 70s. I mean, it, you hear it now and you're like, oh yeah, no, this is new shit, and it's not. Right. <laughs> but it's uh, it's really something else. But uh, I'd mangle the name if I tried to give it to you because Probably. it's fully Ethiopian. Sure. How does it feel being the last actual human on Twitter? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I defend Twitter. I still... Wait. I have, Whoa. as I've said, I have a very curated Twitter list, and there's a lot of people I don't that are... Even, I don't even want to start with this. They're, oh, my God. No, there, there's, there's good people that are still I'm, I'm hanging waiting, in until I'm the final... In, I'm waiting for cut. Welcome Lordy. to the fucking intervention. This is fucking Stockholm Syndrome. This is full on fucking I, Stockholm Syndrome. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I have for... lost all patience with people who are still on Twitter. <laughs> I am so done. No. How can you even? Oh, never mind. I'm not even going to. I'm waiting for Elon to start putting his uh, his jackbooted thugs into your uh, your timeline. Dear, yeah, exactly. Your... God. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, I did not expect that. It's a social all. experiment still. It's kind of hilarious. <laughs> Experiment. Yeah. Some of us are still fighting the good man, fight. Just get it out Trying of your veins, it. man. Just a week of detox is all you need, and it'll be out of your system. I still use uh, Blue Sky now, so the Blue Sky is good. A lot of the good people I follow are on Blue Sky. Blue Sky is interesting. Yeah, it's. I'll, I'll give it that. It's. It's been fascinating to see who's been sticking it out. You know, it's. Um. It's kind of like Baldur's Gate three, in in that. Here it's, we go with my it's blues. It's needlessly horny. It, it is. It is. The people who, who are there are really like it, are really enjoying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really fucking horny. Yeah. Like, it's really horny. Like, I, it's, it's. Well, they won't let us post um, gifts yet. The, true. The interesting thing is, I listened to um, 
uh, a podcast with drag queens and they're forever going on about if you want to post whole, you can't do it on Instagram, but you can do it on Twitter yeah. uh, because no one seems to care. Yeah. And this, let me let me be clear. Also, those of us who still use it on some level, call it Twitter. Let's be clear about that. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody calling it the other thing. It's Twitter. <laughs> Uh-huh. So anyway, that's a uh-huh. side side thing. But no, uh, we're not we're not even, we're not, we even, we're not even going there. Anyway, that's a way to start the podcast. Fair enough. <laughs> it is. It's just Jeez. just get everyone's get uh, everyone now that I'm angry. <laughs> get Kevin fully inflated with blood. Uh, and I forgot we put ice in our drinks before for the podcast, and you're going to be hearing it's part of the flavor. The, you yeah. uh, just just get a little butane torch and melt them. I have a butane torch. We could do that now. Oh, that's yeah. silly. Why would you do that? Why would I do the what? ice? The ice adds dimension it's to true. the drink. It's true. All right. And the anyway. clanking makes us uh, classy as fuck. It's true. We sound we sound like Dean Martin. We do. <laughs> oh, dude, I will forever associate clanking clanking ice cubes with Dean yep. Martin on on. Whatever fucking TV show he'd be on at the time, drunk as fuck. It, so it turns and out still entertaining. Most as hell. of the time, he wasn't actually drunk. Oh, he was playing it. it he 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 cultivated that image. That's a amazing. A lot of the time, what was in that glass was apple juice. I had no idea. Yep. I can believe I had it. That's no that, idea. That would, that would be the ultimate one over yeah. is is be the drunk, but not actually be the drunk. <laughs> and the yep. thing is, if they think you're the drunk, they they act they act different around you yep. and think that you're. That you're too drunk to remember stuff, so you know they they might say things that you don't they don't think you're going to remember. One of my favorite things that had come up was um, a couple recipe cards, and one was Dean Martin's recipe for hamburgers. Yeah, and uh, he has uh, a third of it is a recipe for a drink. It was probably like a scotch, <laughs> a scotch of the rock, or a uh, a gin and tonic or something. And then it was hamburger, salt, pepper, and grill it. And then they had Frank Sinatra's, which was an even longer cocktail recipe, and steal the burgers from Dino. <laughs> there you Beautiful. go. Uh, the Rat Pack. What a what a what a classy bunch. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've made references that nobody will get. Hey oh. Hey. Uh, hey oh. That's another one that people won't it's get. It's true. It's from the friggin' seventies. Did you know that we're old? Everybody were old. You yes. were the one with the drinking problem. Yes. Uh, speaking of drinking problems, I don't know. I got no segue here. We're gonna take a quick break, and we will be back with the very first of 2024. And st- did I say 2024 in the you intro? Did. You did. did. I, I think you did. I hope you I got did. it. No, we're good. We're good. We baby. got it. Keep it going. Somebody would have. Somebody would have caught that. We, yeah, we would have definitely post. caught it. <laughs> God, we're so rusty. Anyway, we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be back with the puppet pit. You have entered an alternate dimension, a dimension of fleece and fur, of foam and industrial adhesives, so I hope you have good ventilation. A signpost up ahead. Watch your step. You have just stumbled into the puppet pit. Welcome to the Puppet Pit, where we talk about the puppet side of Operation Puppet for the last four months. I was going to say, what's, <laughs> what's in the Puppet Pit for the, the last the, four the, months? The Puppet Jeez. Pit is now three hours. <laughs> so, is it just like, are there this, desiccated corpses now, or are they still yeah, fresh? Are there new corpses in there? There's empty fleas. So, yeah, no, I so I started building again when we come back, came back from the holidays, so, you know, this month, early this month. Um, but 
here's the thing. Uh, the the live stream viewers will already have heard all about this. I'm trying to not make this into Kevin moans about doctors. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but I have a lot of medical stuff that is all kind of happening at the same time. So I, medical and dental stuff. Um, none of it is, is life-threatening or emergency or anything like that. It's just all the stuff. Yeah, it's all the stuff I got to do. Uh, and I can't put off, but it's all happening in January, February, and probably in March. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see about that. But anyway, and there's literally like not a week in February that I'm not going to the dentist, for example. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's bad. There's a lot happening. So I'm going a bit easy on myself as we get back into the swing of the build stuff. And I'm just making stuff that I'm like I can make in my sleep and that I've done a lot before. So so far this month has been two smalls and two greeblies. Which is a prodigious output considering we've only got like an extra week in yeah. uh January. I, well, and I was like, yeah, it was a slow start. And as you well, didn't right. start the first week. So that's no, just, that's the, the week before last and last week you've yeah. been building. And yeah. that's four puppets in two weeks. So that's okay. That's about that's about right. That's, that's, about that's good output. Um, but I do want to do like new stuff and innovate and you know because that's what people come to the build stream for is to like oh what's they've seen me build smalls and greeblies thousands I, of times. I think before, you right? don't sell yourself uh, enough. I, people come for the interesting chatter, the questions. I think more than seeing you experiment with stuff, they want to catch up and they want to i guess ask. so yeah you you know you're right there's there is a, a component of like coziness new stuff it, right? is like, interesting but uh, the the amount of you know oh you know i, I wanted to do this how would you think you'd do this that yeah. comes up during the average stream is is immense and i think most people are there to just kind of shoot the breeze and yeah. uh and and also you know not everyone is completely like um in the build section on discord someone was like how do you finish off feet like when you're yeah. uh, when you're inverting them and you know you and pinnacles and a, a couple other people were chiming up with really good uh solutions but that's what the stream is like the, yeah. the, the general stream is you know oh you're you're turning a hand okay so like i haven't seen this i guess so. that is a very good point actually that like you know there are new people who come in all the time all the and, time and they haven't seen this stuff before this they are new to this stuff and so even, it's not necessarily a bad thing to repeat myself on the on the live and streams. even old hands are like oh you know what i always have problems with something like this or you know i've yeah. never been able to do this well and they, they get to see it done again and, and i've also i've talked about this before but like when I did the BJ Geyer courses, the the most value that I got out of them was not necessarily learning specific techniques, but just watching a professional work. Yes. Right. And seeing how they worked through things that they had done before. Well, it's like when you were uh, making um, Tom, uh, the, the guy from Hamilton's pattern, and oh. you, you, had, you had marked it out wrong. Um, yeah, Creature Work Studio. Tom, yes. Tom Stewart? Tom, Tom, Stu- Tom Stewart. Yes, Stewart? I think so. Stewart? Stewart. I'm sorry, Tom. I know Tom listens to the podcast. Dude, um, but you, you, were making, you were making that. We're he, just on the spot. That's all. I know you, Tom. He, he jumped into the chat and said, oh, you've, you, you haven't marked this out right. And yeah. then you, you had to remark it. And it, was a, it, was, it, was, it was great getting corrected by the, the, the designer during the live It was, it was good the to see <laughs> because 
even someone who's made hundreds of puppets, when you're coming up to a new pattern or you're trying yeah. something out for the first time, you may not do it right the first time. I said it before and I'll say it again. The only difference between an amateur and a professional is the professional's already made the mistakes and knows what to do when yes. they happen again. Yep. It's not the professionals don't make mistakes. We make mistakes all the time. We just we know how to then deal with the mistakes, and that's the only difference. It's always interesting to see you, you know, coming up with a new mouth plate or 3D printing a new part or trying a new design. But the old, like the the, the regular streams are when people usually chime in and you know ask you questions because you you're doing stuff you're comfortable with. You don't really have to think. That's true. I didn't when you're even doing think about this. it like that. And, and yeah, there, there could right. be more rapport. Whereas when you're doing something new, you're more focused on trying to get the thing done. And there's a, a little not there's less back and forth of the chat, but you're more focused on that than yeah. trying to uh, to do uh, deep answers on the chat. So yeah, it is Tom sure. Stewart. It is Tom Stewart. Thank you. There, I, I thought so. See, there, I got it right, Tom. There are uh, there's there's benefits to both, but it's 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 always good. Like the live streams just have a good vibe in general. It's true. So. And so the, the the neat thing about the past couple live streams has been we'll talk about this more in Gizmo Town, but. We've got some new services uh, on Operation Puppet, and one of them is our very own live streaming service. Yes. <clears throat> Operation Puppet dot live is a thing that exists. It's an own cast server, which is part of uh, uh, an open source project. I'm self-hosting it, so I'm running this off of a box that I own, um, and it is basically like a roll-your-own Twitch right it's it's that yeah. it also hooks into uh the fediverse so it will like go out to, you know mastodon or anybody who's on a, on a fediverse account can like follow this and then get notifications in their feed when it goes live and uh it's got its own little following that's developing it's still quite new i don't think it's in 1.0 release yet i think it's getting close but it's not quite there yet but it just really kicked off in the last year yeah and uh i'm on board because it's really cool the developer is really uh has a really good head on the shoulders and is has got the right idea with how all of this stuff should work and just like Everybody else is saying this isn't like we're not trying to compete with anybody else. This is just an alternative. If you want to try something, for me, it's all additive, right? So I'm still streaming to you know YouTube and Twitch, but I've also added on the owncast server. Yeah. And that's for people who are in the Fediverse who want to like, you know, hang out and, and do that. Now, um, so the other service that we now have that is uh, uh, self-hosted yes. is our PeerTube server. Speaking of the Fediverse, yep. and PeerTube is basically a roll-your-own YouTube. So uh, it is part of, even it is even more tightly integrated into the Fediverse. So yes. if you're on Mastodon, for example, I mean, Mastodon is the biggest example of, of stuff that's on the Fediverse, but there's lots. of. There's I mean, I'm on uh, Lemmy now 100% instead of Reddit, and a, yeah, lot, too, a lot of, um, um, there's a, a PeerTube bot that will go and find a mirror of a video that's linked, and if it's a, it's available, it'll give you a link to PeerTube that's to great. see it. Yeah. yeah, PeerTube is really neat in that it is, as the title suggests, peer-to-peer. It's peer-to-peer. Yeah, so, so you like, host your content. Yeah. And, and it, you can also then, then share hosting with yeah. others, but the more people who watch it, then you are spreading the bandwidth through. So yeah. it's not actually that heavy on yeah. resources. It's really cool. It's a little bit tricky to set up, but I got there. Yeah. Um, but that's the, I have a, a literally a whole box that's just dedicated for hosting the peer tube because that's kind of important. Yes. So it's a bit, it's a bit dense. The two things that are brand new for operation puppets specifically yes. that are on the Fediverse uh, and associated things are operation puppet dot live. That's our live streaming 
Um, that's that we're doing the Bills streams, but I'll, if we if we do end up doing some Frankie play, it'll, it'll also go out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, Puppet dot Zone, yes, Puppet dot Zone, yep, uh, is the PeerTube server. So you can go there, and uh, uh, you know you can follow it. If you're on the Fediverse, you can follow it from your Fediverse account. Is Puppet dot Zone also your Mastodon? Um, no. So oh. that, that is the other thing. We all now have our very own Mastodon server. That's Puppet.Town. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, God. Let's go over this again. Operation Puppet.Live. Yes. It's the live streaming server. That's the own cast server. Puppet.Zone is the Peer 2 server. I'll put all these in the I'm, show notes. I'm surprised they haven't come up with a .tube uh, TLD for uh, a lot of these video things. I don't know. Maybe they have. I'm not sure. I, I, I would probably have uh, remembered. I'm it, sure. But. I'm sure that like because when I was doing the search on because I use um, Namecheap as my yes as my Namecheap is who I also use, <laughs> and they they're pretty good at suggesting yeah, yeah. other things. And if never, it was available, it would have been. If it was up. available to come up, or it would have shown like, oh, this you can buy this for two thousand dollars. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's great. That yeah, is, thanks. Uh, there, that is a feature. I, I will definitely not be doing that. But anyway, so yes, we've got Puppet Live is the owncast server. Puppet.zone is the PeerTube server. And Puppet.town is the Mastodon server that we run. Now, I'm not self-hosting Mastodon. I am actually paying for hosting on yep. Mastodon, but it's quite reasonable. It's 10 bucks a month. The, we uh, can support, I don't know, probably up to about 20 people or so. So you yeah. own Puppet.town? I own Puppet.town. I own Puppet.town. That's, that's incredible. That's dope as shit. I own Puppet.Zone. I own a lot, actually. Puppet.Town, that could that could be a thing. Puppet.Town is, is very adjacent to something like Sesame.Street. Yeah, no. I mean, sh- that, yeah, so that's, this could be something. It's a, it's our Mastodon server. So if you want a Mastodon account on Puppet.Town, you can He knows know. a guy. I know a guy. Yeah. I know the guy. Town slash... I, uh, you got nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. I was gonna say something bad, and I'm like, "Why would you say that? <laughs> Why would you it's say that? So it's puppets. It's wholesome. Exactly. It's wholesome. Why would you draw that? <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of where I am. So I've got so much of this stuff coming up that I really kind of need to go easy on myself for the next couple of oh, months. Oh God, yes. But you know, the best way to keep abreast of all these puppet dot changes <laughs> is to join the discord. It's true. And I made sure that the link is correct. Somebody tried to join the discord a little while ago and, and they found, I don't know even where they found the link. It, that was it had expired. to have been an old one because once you had changed to a community server, yeah. they do have non-expiring links. And I remember the last one you generated was a non-expiring right. link. So they must have found must have an old, old one, one yeah. someplace. But anyway, I've got, I've made sure I've double checked the one that's in the show notes for the podcast. And it's a non-expiring it eternal. It's non-expiring. It should be, it should be accurate. And um, so, yeah, you could join the Discord. It's a great place to chat, full of friendly people. A lot of people, if you've got puppet questions. It's a positive environment. There's it a is. questions channel. If you're building a puppet, there's a builds channel. Um, and all of the stuff that we talk about in the podcast, we also talk about there. So there's like video game stuff, there's yep. tech stuff, you just whatever. Whatever you want to talk about, is we got it there. It's, it's, uh, it's not everything. All, it's all available. Not everything. Well, not everything. I mean, no. <laughs> it's a positive place. So it we is. Don't, we don't talk about the thing. Oh, the, oh, the thing. We, yeah, we uh, don't talk about that not on the, thing. the Discord. So anyway, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with the puppet stuff. So I only have one more build planned for sure. Snuffleupagus. No, it's going to be an ogre. Ooh. I, I don't have an ogre currently. Like a Sweetums? 
No, no. the ogre. Hey, everybody. Not a full, if you were not a on the line. Discord more than uh, yep. once every 16 yep. weeks, yep. this is fair. This you would fair. have seen the ogre. <laughs> yep. It, is it a live hands? Uh, it's going to be a live hands. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So it's a live hands ogre. They um, they all have uh, the pronounced brow, the jutting lower jaw, usually a tooth. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do design wise for this one, but uh, we'll we'll see. Well, I'm going to figure that. That's coming in the next week. I actually have one week coming up that I have nothing to do but build. The only requirement I have for Live Hands Ogar is that it has uh, Alice the Goon forearms. That's that's inevitable. And I, purple fur, purple fur on the forearms would be purple great. Fur. I about, do I do have purple fur. How about the cave troll? From from Fellowship of the Ring, and he's got a, an arrow sticking out of his mouth, <laughs> like it's just there, just permanent. I mean, it's doable, but it would be confusing. Hey, everybody, <laughs> just, it just it just hangs out like a like a snaggletooth, except it's it's, it's, the, it's clearly the arrow. Yeah. I don't know. What the but he's fine. Is. He's fine. It, it missed the brain. Because I remember people people were sad about that cave troll yeah. because it was he seemed so innocent. Like he was <laughs> like his what was Peter Jackson was the one who was saying like you know his his mom was waiting for him to come home to bed or something. And it, was, it was hard breaking when he tried well, to give it shouldn't have so, and then the he's fine but, the, but it wasn't up to him that was probably anyway. the best the, moment in, the, in that film the I resignation they have a cave troll <laughs> that, that, that line yeah, is so good it, for me though it's it's the way he's pawing at his mouth yeah. once he gets shot at it. that i that has haunted me since that day i remember that i was sitting with some friends that who we were all old Ever, everquest buddies we were sitting in the theater and when boromir turned to aragorn and went they have a cave troll yes we just turned into each other like, and went we fuck yeah he we, might we, as well have said of course they have of course a cave troll. I, anytime i'm trying to do something quietly in the morning and and I actually kick something or knock something over. I say fool of a toque. <laughs> so God, it still holds up. It's so fucking good. <sighs> there, I will just side note. Yeah, they, yeah. There will be an animated uh, war of the hero coming out this year. It was supposed to be out in the, in the spring, but they pushed it back to, to winter, but they still haven't released a trailer for it. There's been a handful of like one still, which gives no real idea about what the animation is like. But it's oh, an animated it'll be, feature. It'll be anime. No, no, it's gonna it's gonna be something special. I think. I don't think they really would have done a theatrical. Hopefully, it's like those seventies uh, uh, animated Lord of the Rings. <laughs> the the Ralph Bakshi, the, the, the warbly guy singing. Yeah, nuts. Frodo of the Nine Fingers. <laughs> also, side note: I watched some of the latest iteration of uh, the DC animated. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earths that just came out, that just released it. It's so fucking bad. Oh my god! I, I mean, it's, it's DC. It's bad. If you've ever read Crisis, it's a legendary piece. And I just never liked Crisis on Infinite. And it's, it, this is just such a terrible iteration of it. It's and it's such bad filmmaking. Mm. I couldn't. Not, not, I'm not just shitting on the animation, which is also not great. But there, there's big fights, and there, it's in a city, but it's in a big flat plain. Like there's nothing around them, and so Batman's jumping around, dodging blasts from this fucking cyborg and and it's it's just who what are you doing what are you even doing like with those this? really early um spider-man and hulk uh yeah, cartoons I'll, where they took place in a featureless void oh my god it felt like <laughs> that a lot of the time i couldn't believe it yes yeah and then and just and then it just ends like it's part one of two i guess and and they just they had no idea how to how to write it it was it was baffling 
couldn't get over it. Anyway, this is the point at which I'm trying to decide if I'm going to cut this and then move it to a different section of the podcast because we're still in the puppet pit. But that's I know okay. it's okay. I, you know, it's we like right. we like to do tangents it's here, a, and is, pu- pixels is, and tokens. It is a tangent. All right, so that's going to do it for now for the puppet pit. So anyway, stay tuned. We got all these new things. There's stuff. I'm still. I am determined. No matter how many doctors want to prod prod me, I'm still determined to get the build streams at least done. So every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern, uh, Twitch, YouTube, and Owncast. <laughs> so there we go. Okay, that's going to do it for the Puppet Pit. We're going to take an actual break, and we will be back with Gizmo Town. <laughs> The sky above the port was the color of a YouTube video hit with a copyright takedown. Around the rainy streets, people huddled with neon umbrellas and impractical goggles. Here we fight the corporate arcologies and get excited about phones. Welcome to the mean streets of Gizmo Town. Whistling wind is what does it. <laughs> really, you know, I missed that intro. I forgot how good that was. Mm-hmm. CES motherfucker. Yeah, here we go. Full Mortal Kombat. It's true. Welcome to Gizmo Town, where we talk about tech and all things related to tech. So we have a girthy deck nook this time. Well, I mean, <laughs> I've never hated a phrase more than girthy deck nook. Oh let's let's do the deck nook after. We'll, <laughs> least, just, we'll just cover some it, basic At CES. least I didn't call it veiny. That's, yeah. <laughs> oh, you man. did now. I mean, <laughs> let's just cover the other CES stuff first, and then we'll get into the deck That's not a bad that's, idea. That's on you, because okay. I ignored right. CES except for one part. All right, so CES had, had one major thing this year, and, and the, the, the big... Uh, element that popped up that oh, was God, it's unexpected. Transparent TVs, transparent fucking televisions, and I mean, Samsung's got the QOL, QLED, and both, then both LG, Samsung and LG has an OLED yeah. that are transparent. That we're not going to talk about model numbers and shit like that. I'm just these guys are so desperate for new exciting technology mm-hmm. yep. that they said, look, somebody said, hey guys, look, we don't need to actually have a back on it. We can do a transparent television, and they went, you know what? Do it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's let's do transparent television. The six people that buy this will make it worth it. Oh, my God. It looks cool as shit. I mean, it's the technology is amazing. And so the cheat that they do, the LG one, is that they have a motorized back that can go up. So it's like a black film that can be raised up to make it a normal television. And then when you're done watching TV, it lowers, then it's transparent and you can see what's behind it or you can turn it into an aquarium or whatever the fuck. And it looks, it's neat. It's a very cool technology. Anybody who will buy, I has have, the money to buy one of these, mm-hmm. will never stop watching TV. I have seen They some, will never use yes. that. Yeah. I have seen some coverage of this, and I have not seen a possible use case. Right. I mean, it's, it's again, it's... It feels like the next iteration of the frame, which was Samsung's big uh, revelation where when you turn on the television and put it on low power, it looks like art. It looks like an actual painting. You never turn it off. It drinks power. It just, just throw no, money no, in the incinerator. It sips power at that level, but it's it looks it looks really amazing, like the frame when they do that. Um, 
and then you know you turn it on and it's a friggin' television so it, it it looks nice and this is kind of an iteration of that where you could theoretically have weird shit behind your television and when people walk I, in they wouldn't know that it was a television I until magically it's a television an install on like the front of a store yeah absolutely where you yeah. have like a display and then it can show you context about what like this mannequin is wearing and yes. then prices that come up but i mean this is not consumer great this is consumer electronics show yes and this is not for consumers they but the, and no they they are trying desperately well, to, course, to pretend that it is for consumers because consumers not. can buy it this is foldable phones yeah. This yeah. Is- <laughs> and then and then so the, the other real, realistic one is now they've got um their samsung has a new oled that has a glossy fin or not a glossy finish, like almost like a matte finish so that you don't get the reflection that you usually get on an OLED setup. And it looks incredible by, by all accounts. It it's, it's a real shift for it because you get the, the deep inky blacks of an OLED setup and you don't get that, that, that annoying reflection that you always get with an OLED setup. So that's a big jump. I don't get an annoying reflection. The, on you've my got OLED. a good setup. You've got a good setup. <laughs> I just have a room that doesn't have a window. In well, there. that's, that's obviously <laughs> the way to do it. So, you know, now you can have a great OLED setup in a room that has more natural light. You could put this in the other room and it'd be, it'd be, it'd be fine. I'm far less noticeable than like my, even my setup. I mean, there's a light in the back of the room that always shows up in the reflection. So I'm not going to buy a new television to cover it. And that's what this comes down to is none of this is, I need a new TV level. We need a technology. comical star wipe than just Andrew in a store buying the uh, Samsung thing in a week. Yeah. And and there's also so the, the is other Ron Howard available to do the narration. Yeah. Here? Yes. The <laughs> other element that they got now is uh, micro LED televisions have jumped up, and a lot of the manufacturers are really leaning into that because it's cheaper to produce, mm. and they're now much brighter than they were. So, but so, doesn't that make the blacks worse? No, I have No, it's it's because they're using a much greater uh, dimming setup or uh, mic. Uh, Shit, the backlight. The backlight mm-hmm. tech is much more uh, uh, tighter. So it's not huge zones anymore. Right. The, the zones are tiny now, and, and that's make, made all the difference. You know, again, people on the floor are saying, Having gone to OLED fantastic. for my 4K gaming, I cannot. No, I agree. I cannot do. Yeah, um, you can't go back. You can't go to any other LED. But the, the new micro LED setup is excellent. You know, these we're at this insane level right now with, with consumer televisions. Like, they all look incredible. At, at, you know, even even the freaking TCL. I mean, I was thinking about this, how they talk. We talk about bread and circuses like the equivalent of bread and circuses today is the fact that you can get a when you great say we say bread and circuses. I have never heard this said before. Please elaborate. You know, you know the idea doing. of bread and circuses. That's how you kept the, the masses entertained in, in Roman a, era. It's a Roman, Roman era. Yeah, this goes way the hell back. This how is often how you, do you two think of the Roman Empire? Oh, evidently it comes up a lot these days because I never do. <laughs> and I've never heard of the phrase bread and circuses. So I'm clearly the outlier okay. here. Bread and circuses is actually very, very this is, And phrase. it's it's a legitimate application because it's about keeping the masses entertained so they don't notice how shitty everything is. And the fact that today you could walk into Walmart and get a 65-inch 4K television for $400, that's really, really good. That's I mean, the equivalent of bread you know, and circuses but you know today. Why. It's, not, it's not even bread and circuses. It's, it's because all of the TVs are gathering your data. 
there's no such thing. Oh, so like you, think, you think it's all being? Thing. No, no, I'm not thinking. This is no. We know. No, what I mean, like, like, but it's not like the the cost is being. Uh, They're selling these TVs stupid cheap because they want you to sign into their apps. Yeah, fair enough. Like, even if you're not signed in, it still gathers data and sends it back to home. I bought my mom a new TCL Google TV, and I'm sure that even though she's not logged in, 100% guaranteed. It is, yeah, no, it is is all data harvesting. God bless. Do 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 whatever you like with it. I don't know. I mean, there's what are they going to really do? I don't, I can't, I have a hard time imagining the dark side of, of of a lot of this i mean obviously you really? it's super you really you, who you go are super hardcore you, you, <laughs> you have a hard time anyway envisioning the dark side of this do you the point is <laughs> you can get amazing televisions very cheap now and, but you, know, you the, shouldn't the, the difference is the jump between it, it costs a lot of money to get incremental improvements i mean you know we are nerds we notice these things most people when they sit in front of these tvs go holy crap that looks incredible because it does. I mean, yeah. it looks really, really good at a very low price. Yeah. So anyway, these uh, what you get at CES are these outliers, not even outliers. Like they're just trying to force next level tech. Yeah, and and it's been interesting because the, obviously the the tech. Uh, reviewers want to be in, invested in because they want eyeballs on the clicks. They want to make sure that people are getting are are, are in, under the impression that you have to watch your CES coverage because we're getting the newest shit. Remember three D TV? Sure, it had its <laughs> moments, but overall, no, it was it was it was a, it was a disaster. But still, this is not a, a complete shift in technology. Uh, it's just uh, oh, side note. Um, one thing that really pissed me off, uh, not not for television, but for for uh, gaming monitors, uh, they're talking about 8K gaming. Do yeah, you know? That's, that's, do you know what 8K gaming is? 480 hertz refresh rates on some of these. Yeah, monitors. on a 1080p. But do you know what? Do you know what 8K gaming means? It's two four 4K monitors side by each. Yeah. That's 8K. That is not what 8 fucking... 4K is not supposed to be 4K. 4K was a marketing bullshit because they decided instead of going vertical res- resolution, We're they wanted horizontal because the number's bigger. So then 4K became, oh, now it's 4K. We're, and everybody went, fine, whatever. You can have it. But now 8K. 8K is 8K because it's two 4K <laughs> monitors next to each other on one monitor. And it's not... Like a massive jump in, in resolution, it's simply literally two 4K displays next to each other. Mm-hmm. But it looks incredible. I'm not saying that it doesn't look great. And you know, we're still talking about monitors that are going to start at like twelve hundred dollars for a lot of the ones that everybody was going ape shit for at CES. Yes, these are twelve hundred American dollar monitors that look incredible. You know, I've still got my twenty one by nine Lenovo, and it, it could definitely be better. But I'm, I've really fallen in love with that 21 by 9 display. And I'm not seeing a lot of these on the, on this year's uh, tech. Everybody seems to be just going for the 4K OLED gaming, like a 4K 32-inch OLED gaming monitor, which is sick. And, and you know, they're, they're running at 240. And like you said, uh, some of them run at 1080 in 480, which is just hilarious. Like that actually is a thing. Come on. You... I I need you to find me the edge case where you can tell the difference between 120 and 240, let it's alone not even to 480. Of telling the difference, the 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 horsepower that you need on your GPU to push that kind of it's well insane. at, at 1080p, like, it's a little easier. It's you, not. And we're talking easier, we're talking Counter Strike. This is yeah. this is not Cyberpunk. This is literally Counter Strike. Like or you said, Dota. The, use, the use cases are so narrow. I want to like, I want to see somebody who's actively better playing Dota at 480p <laughs> than running it at 120, let alone 60. 
So anyway, that's that's some, I would like it to is, have it is a, all a high, just we want a bigger number yeah. so the grognars will like buy it because the number I would, is bigger. That's I would happily take a, a nice twenty one by nine fourteen forty p OLED display at under a thousand dollars. I would I would happily buy that, but I don't think that's coming. I think they realize now that people are willing to pay fifteen hundred dollars plus for an OLED setup. Micro LED is also an option for a lot of these gaming monitors, so hopefully that will also bring the price down to a more reasonable stage. But anyway, that seemed to be the most the biggest stuff coming out of CES in terms of the large uh, the, the big scale discussions. I mean, there was some of the car companies showed up, uh, you know, showing off weird technology for turning your wheels sideways so you could park easier. Like, cool, go for it. And they're like, well, we can't actually implement it at high speeds. Yeah. <laughs> like literally that was the discussion like you can only go like 50k with these wheels you can't go 100 kilometers an hour yet so we're oh, still working on that even straight yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Sideways. No, you literally, you literally can't drive a car that uses these wheels at higher than. 50 we mean cars, but worse. Yeah, <laughs> and then LG had a had a pretend car setup that was uh, like seventy five displays and just a, just a surrounded by displays that you would have in a car theoretically. Yeah, yeah guys, we're totally going to do that. Good luck. But um, yeah, for the, that seemed to be the real takeaway this year from CES was just these uh, the transparent televisions and the new the new sexy OLEDs, and that was pretty much it. It so, wasn't the only thing. It wasn't the only thing. <laughs> In the deck nook. Yes. Speaking um, of technology, yeah, time for the deck nook, and it's a girthy deck it's, nook. It's a uh, turgid. It started out much smaller. It's, um, <laughs> so just to get it out of the way. I hate this analogy. The turgid deck nook. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's got a priapism. Um, we got the Steam Deck OLED while we were yes. on hiatus. Oh, did I did I not show you my Steam Deck OLED yet? I forgot I brought it with me and I didn't actually did break you? it out. No, yeah, I did. I'll show it to no. you. I could get it out now, you, but you probably want to see it later. Do you do you play the look, Steam Deck? Look, 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 look. <laughs> what about look, the original look, Steam Deck look, that you got before look, me? Look, <laughs> look, look. Wow. Here's the thing. I can't edit this. <laughs> Of course I did. I brought it with me on the trip with the full 100% intention. Like, all I want to do is get on this cruise and find a nice, comfortable spot where I can just sit down and play games for a couple hours. That's all I want. Never fucking happened. We'd like over the transparent Steam Deck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's um, great. It's so, beautiful. So you did. So one of the things here is thoughts, upgrade temptations. Oh, so yeah. Clearly there was. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, I jumped on that shit. Which, which uh, story? I got the 512. Get? Okay, the 512. Yeah, no, that's that's the hot spot. The, if you're getting the one the one terabyte, come on. Yeah. You got to be realistic. The 512 is, I mean, and again, I got to jump because I have the 64 gig, which is the slower memory as well. And and again, with the original version, you can you can slap in a micro SD, a good micro SD card on there and run stuff off of that. No problem. Yeah. And and this felt like a solid enough upgrade. And I'm I haven't sold the old one yet, but I'm I'm going to let somebody have it for a very reasonable price. And uh you know, and that'll cut into the cost of it. But it's beautiful. It's 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 a really really it's a yeah. great upgrade, but it's not 
necessarily if, throw away your old one upgrade. If I didn't have a Steam Deck, yes. the OLED would be the one I got. Yeah, Even though sure. I came in at the exact extreme bottom like you did, yeah. the 64 gig, and then just upgraded it myself with yeah. a, uh, a bigger SSD. But damn, it's nice having that screen. And 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 it was it was the little things that were not discussed in advance that really made me say, all right, screw it, I'm buying it. Like it's the, a, it's a smaller die. They pulled out. Yeah. So the thought is the APU in the Steam Deck is the same one that was in the Magic Leap. And the Magic Leap has a bunch of image processing um, cores that aren't used by the Steam Deck and couldn't be used. Like, there's no theoretical possible use for them. Right. So they're just turned off. But that die size is still there. So one of the reasons it runs cooler, less power, and it's smaller is because they pulled out those cores right. on the refresh. It's a smaller, slightly smaller uh, process. But they also pulled out. Uh, I think it's thirteen uh, percent of the die size were those uh, cores that weren't possible to be used, and so all of that, that improved out. the battery life, yes. which was a, a, yeah. a nice, nice it's little, a slightly larger battery. Life. Yeah, um, and, and the, the screen itself is physically larger because yep. the bezel's smaller. Yes, that's a that's a big jump as well for for just again quality of life improvements. It's uh, the fan runs a lot less. Like they were able to tweak the uh, the fan curves a lot on it. So and the button is orange now. Yeah, the power button. Yeah, the button is, power button is orange. orange. Yeah, I was very tempted. Uh, it, it, I it, I seriously thought about it as well, but it hit at a time where I was just like, I want a new toy. Mm, right? No, and, and, that's, and like, that's what happened to me. I'm like, screw it, I'm buying it now. But here's the, and now it's, now shit's complicated. Well, the fu- the funny thing that happened then was I got this really nasty eye infection, and you couldn't look at anything, <laughs> and I could, literally could not look at anything that emitted light. So if I had got the OLED Steam Deck, it would have been I, it w- I would never have been able to appreciate oh, it. Jesus. And by the time that I got over all that, the temptation had passed. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. My Steam Deck is yeah. fine. This is not enough of an upgrade to, mm-hmm. to warrant the expense. But so. now we finally have legitimate disruption yes. in the space. So oh, remains to be seen. It's still it's disruption. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a new take. MSI has really underscored the fact that no one can name a <laughs> handheld by. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the claw. Yes, it's the claw. The claw. <laughs> um, we are chosen. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's it's not yeah. a great, but good, good again, law. unfortunately, it does have precedent with MSI because they do have a dragon, dragon as their Everything, and the everything has to predator, Clyde, razor, fucking coin, according yeah. to the market with all this. Like this is anywhere for a venomous animal. It's either a spider dangerous. or a snake. Yeah. It's but, either the, the tactical puma. Marketing aside, <laughs> it looks like a solid piece of tech. Yeah. It, it, so good. on paper, it could be really good. It's where the rubber meets the road. So it's using an Intel um, chipset in it instead of an AMD. Mm-hmm. Um, Very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's it, it, 32 gig of RAM. Like, it, yeah, it, it's that's, good. That's the part that's good. It's like, oh, um, okay. So they have three SKUs. And they're very close to each other. Mm-hmm. And so basically, the 699 US is the entry level. Then there's the 749 and the 799. The 749 includes the better processor. Where it, and then the 799 has oh, the God, better processor. And but it, it's simple. It's simpler. Like I said, there's there's just there's like the i3 and the i5. People need to look at the Steam Deck and what the Steam Deck's doing with a single CPU and RAM Agreed. target. 
and it, it understand that this is valuable. Th- and that's what surprised me about them having three different SKUs is because they're only $100 apart. So it's like it, it's $699, it, $749, and $799. Drop the $699. Just do $749, $799. Like why, why offer yeah. the worst experience at a lower price? There's there's no legit reason to push the $699 as as because it's not like it's finding other other price points, yeah. Right? Other items at that price. There's no point. market for it. Like there's people are either going to go, I don't have much money, so I'll get the cheap one, or I want the biggest number, so I'll get the expensive the, one. Like the, that's that's what that's how that works. The difference between the LCD Steam Deck and the OLED Steam Deck is that the OLED Steam Deck can run some things at a lower TPU because of the right. APU resizing and the fact that it's 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 running a little cooler, mm-hmm. but it's not like it runs it better. It yeah. runs it the same, just slightly. The they still treat it like the same target. It's it's the same thing across. And the great thing about developers is that once you target the Steam Deck, you're covering the entire range. Mm-hmm. You don't have to say, okay, this one's good. Yeah. Like, you're going to be getting this on this one, and you're be getting this on and this that's, one. That's the funny thing. I, I can see, like, you know, Valve sitting back going, okay, sure. I, I the mean, developers are still going to target our thing because our thing is the floor. And there's, right. there's, there's more competition, more people out there. But, I mean, it's going to make... Um, well, I mean, they're using uh, Intel. Everyone else is using AMD. But a- the more people that are using AMD yeah. APUs, the cheaper the APUs are to make because they're yes. making more at scale. Yeah. And so the more of these devices that come out, the cheaper the parts are, which means the future ones will be at a better better price range. Yeah. Let's and say more research will be going It's in. good to have competition as long as it stays just the two for now. Like if if Arm decides, hey guys, here's our new Snapdragon Fuck You edition that's gonna also compete in this market, and that's when sh- that's when things are gonna get ugly. I, I appreciate that Intel has a, as a, their own iteration to it's to counter. It's, a, it's an order like Snapdragon is an order of magnitude off. Well, from but they could just APUs. as easily ramp it up if, if they really wanted to. They could jump up, to that, but they it, just won't. It would be very difficult, and it's way outside of their. Uh, wheelhouse like mm-hmm. the um, the Ein Odin two is using the top end Snapdragon for the time being, and for an Android phone that's good, mm-hmm. but compared to a Steam Deck, it's not even a blip. Yeah. Like for what you can do with it, so and Ein's been very aggressive with with their models th- as well. And I, I mean, think I'm getting an Odin two. Yeah, Retro Game Core. He he's lo- is that the the one he loves yeah. right now? Yeah, it's it's a solid piece of kit I all mean, the way up to a very solid uh, PS. To in GameCube emulation, on yeah. So like, it's, it's you're not gonna. I don't know if you can play Elden Ring on it necessarily. But. Well, I mean, it's not a PC. It's, right. it's you're, you're running Android OS. Yeah. So, so you're, it, you're you're basically playing Android games or emulators, and that's it. But so the one emu- that we didn't actually put, <clears throat> sorry, in the deck nook was that Aeneo has just Aeneo, yeah. Aeneo has just announced their newest handheld, and it is actually going, going to be to running run, SteamOS. So it's not SteamOS. It's well, actually a yes, custom, it's it, it is. It's hollow OS. It's, it's, a, it's a somebody somebody's re like it's still arch and they're trying yeah. to incorporate as much of the steam deck stuff but valve has said that right now steam deck is only for the steam or steam os is only yeah. for the steam deck they want to open it up but they're still doing too much work on just the one um uh skew of uh, apu yeah. so they they're, they're not to, gonna help is what it comes down to so it, it's people that have been basically um, adding everything that Steam OS has added to Arch to this other Hollow OS, so it's going to be very similar, and it's going to use Proton because Proton is out there and it, it does what Proton does. 
Um, but we don't know what INEO – so INEO is doing this – setting this up as budget, finger quotes. <laughs> it's – a what is case, it cost? The I, they don't they, they just announced. Oh, it. I thought yeah. wait, what, it does it, not have a price. So the one that Russ has is not released. No, the the slide one doesn't run. Uh, oh, no, that, oh sorry. It, this, Again, I apologize because this they have there's like a thousand. They have they dumped this several is, models they in have the last few months. Basically, just put up a page in Chinese that says INEO next um, light or whatever. Um, and they've said that it's going to run SteamOS and it uses the INEO Next case, okay. but they haven't told what the internals is, what it's going to cost, anything. This was yeah, like a but the last two, week. The two runs Windows. Or does yes. It? Okay. Yes. Sorry. That's that's the one that um, was confusing. So okay. they're going to be probably running the one of the AMD uh, APUs, the current ones, the one that they right. put in just about everything. Seventy six thirty. Um, it is, yeah. But. The thought is that it's it might get closer to Steam Deck prices, which INEO has never been able to do. Like most of them, like the cheapest you can get an INEO device for is like eight hundred and ninety nine right. dollars. Yeah, they're very expensive. And if you want to add anything to it, they quickly go up to thirteen to fifteen hundred dollars. And it wasn't they were the ones that were infamous for taking forever to ship, right? Yes. Until I guess recently they no, they're their still script. they're still, still taking a they're while. still taking a long time. Like, like if they'll, you want to announce it, they'll IndieGoGo it, and then it'll take forever. So if you want the two, if you ordered the two today, when would you have it? I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't know what their fulfillment time is now, but no, like like they they put it out, they they sell it for ages before they can even fulfill it. Mm. Then engineering samples go out after you've been waiting a year, and then you'll get it, you know, another six months after that. That's always been the biggest problem with these Mm. guys is they announce this cool ass hardware, and then you'll have it in a year or something ludicrous. Um, So that's another device that's that's on the horizon it could be in a good price point for coming up against the steam deck mm-hmm. and it is going to be running something like the steam os yeah uh probably some sort of big picture or uh similar steam uh interface but the msi claw looks legitimately solid it, it's got a really nice display it's got good battery i mean obviously they haven't been putting it through its paces yet because they've effectively what they've been showing at ces is not final, but near no. final. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's not going to change. It's, yeah. So there could be some alterations. When it's they finally ship it's it, apparently but. very much the shape of the, um, the one that you got, the ROG ally. ally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, but it has a better grip. It's not as it's flat. Grippier, yeah. It's, it's more like they've added the, the back of an Xbox grip to it instead of just being flat. That is the thing I keep talking flat. about. The Steam Deck is like, just feels so nice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very cozy. It's designed to hold. And a lot of people don't get that you you have to bear the weight of this thing and making it comfortable is is job one. Yeah, that was that was the problem I had with the Legion Go is I just couldn't see me using that long term at that size. Yeah. It just as a as a handheld device, it was just too much. But you could detach the controller to bludgeon somebody with. You it. could, you <laughs> absolutely could. But uh, but the, the, I, I'm very curious to see how how the claw compares once they finally start mm. getting some real. It'll be interesting how they sell it. Like, is it going to be only on their website? Are they going to partner up with someone like Best Buy? Yeah, they haven't announced anything like that. So that's that's a big deal. Getting it into people's hands is important. And Valve took a while to get their their fulfillment up. But now that they're they're ticking over, they're they're one of the, the top people to order stuff from i'm sure asus moved a lot of units through best buy so i that, think that's, i think yeah, that helped sure. them a lot and i don't know how exclusive they made that deal so i mean i think micro center also carried it maybe but anyway uh i'm i'm very interested to see how how the claw 
performs, mm. but it's it is not a generational leap by any means. And yeah. they've said that they've got different, like they, they're they're planning on every three or so years a new one coming out because to, yeah. for, for speed things. So they're sure. they're not planning on one and done. Yeah. Um, they said in the pipeline are ideas for other things, but they're not going to push it out without a a solid change in technology right uh which is what you really want to hear if you're going to be spending 699 dollars on something yeah, you're you not going to buy a new one next year and yet they do it for phones yeah or and gaming laptops yeah, you know, but it's crazy uh side note do we mention the switch 2 at all in the notes no is there anything solid on the switch 2 it's still all <laughs> just conjecture. a lot of very strong conjecture that it will come out this year which is really surprising but it's it's also again not going to be a massive upgrade. What eight year old uh, Nvidia chip are they going to use? Yeah. Uh, I, it is this. I think it is still an Nvidia chip. I, and again, the speculation was initially that it wouldn't even be backwards compatible, which would be just death. Uh, but I mean, that's what the that that was Nintendo's mo since yeah. Yeah, uh, welcome, the Wii. Welcome to fuck Nintendo. They yeah. they did uh, the Wii was compatible. The original Wii was compatible with GameCube, but the Wii U. Was the Wii U compatible with Wii games? Yes. Yes ish. I never I say. got into the Wii U. I did I did own a Wii U. But actually. then the Switch I was one of the eight people who owned a Wii U. The Switch they really leaned into re release yeah. things for the Wii U for the Switch. The, the funny thing is that the, the release date was accidentally leaked by GameShark. Oh, no. oh yes, very the, yeah. the, the, the people that, that would be in the know for yeah, GameShark was the uh, was the shit back in Genesis Super Nintendo days. But they weren't even uh, like a first party. They were oh, no, they, oh, Lord, un- no. unlicensed to add-ons. Oh, for- God, because it broke games. I yeah. mean, that was what it was designed for. But uh, they suggested that it would be out in September, which is very surprising. Uh, you know, for, for Nintendo to quietly drop... Uh, Just it's not official, days. but even then, if they want to have it out this year, that would be a real... A real surprise. So they're they're being cute about it. I mean, it's possible Nintendo's just seeing how people react to the idea more than actually you know getting it out there. I mean, the, I mean, the Switch is still a monster seller. People still buy they the denied hell up, down, and sideways a Switch Pro. So it's probably going to be a, a Switch too. One hundred and thirty mm-hmm. million systems sold and a billion games sold on the Switch. It's a success. Uh, all right, so that will do it. For, for the, the deck nook, for yes. The nook. Um, I don't know how far into this we're going to get, but uh, I got a segue for it, even. Okay. Because nice. The, the nice thing about all the uh, current crop of handhelds, other than the Steam Deck and now the INEO, is the fact that I have zero temptation to get any of them because they're running Windows. Yeah. And I, over over the break, have completely divested myself of both Google and Microsoft. That's impossible. In every possible way. That's impossible. Nope. I am running Linux everywhere on everything. I am running a Linux gaming rig and the machine that runs the build stream in the studio is also running Linux. Um, And so, yeah, I got so pissed off with all of the AI bullshit that Microsoft is cramming into every single crevice it can find. And I am so done with that bullshit and the fact that, like, it's nickel and diming to death. Every single thing is now a subscription thing. Or, you know. I am uh, I'm ready for an upgrade on my phone. And I'm very annoyed 
that the main vectors Samsung is using for the inevitable all, Galaxy S24 is, is Galaxy AI. And I'm just, don't, don't this is, do this. This is the just, thing. Like, it's, it's, it's 3D movies again is what it is. It's like all the big companies have dumped a shitload of money into this because they think it's the next big thing. Nobody normal, quote unquote normal, really wants it. It's not good. <laughs> right when you when you actually experience it it's like but they've already done the investment so they're going to shove it into people's faces no matter what you won't be able to escape it i wow. feel like everything that they're going to do for samsung for the for the galaxy it's gonna be bixby that's all it is oh yeah it's just they're gonna act like it's a whole new thing but it's doing everything that bixby was supposed to be doing and I don't know anybody who uses Bixby. <laughs> it's there. You can shut it the hell off, which is great because I, mean, all the stuff I don't that, want it. All the stuff that Microsoft is doing, everyone's making the clippy comparisons, right? Yeah. No, like, and it is. That's 100%. what it is. And then, I mean, you know, that the other thing that came out of CES was that insane device with a rabbit that's like an ai where the guy's talking to the to the ai i don't even know what the fuck it's called it's just the goofiest thing it's it's an app but it's its own piece of hardware and all it does is talk to other apps for you it's just so <laughs> dumb it's just buzzword central and and the, the, the media covered it like it was this amazing new but tech that's, that's their a that's like, of Ugh. course they did and but that's where we're at with this this is just there's a reason why all of the crypto bros have now switched to ai yeah like this is just the latest scam yeah. that's all it is and that's all it will ever be and it is a bubble that will burst mm-hmm. cory doctorow has a really good article about what happens after the ai bubble burst right because Sometimes bubbles burst and then it all goes away. Sometimes it actually leaves behind something good and interesting. And he's thinking that's where this. Oh, AI I mean, obviously, and that's that seems to take away most legitimate articles about AI yeah. is that they remind you it has an amazing presence. <laughs> there are applications like none of the me- ones in medicine. Work. It's a yeah. huge vector. I mean, it it makes a huge difference in in, in detecting yeah. uh, new new variants of COVID or and cancer. cancer cells or just or there's so much that it can do that it's that it should be doing yeah. instead of finding me the best goddamn flight to vancouver i mean well thing, we're of course because capitalism we're using it for the worst possible yes. things and i personally am done i am fully out i don't even want to hear about it like i'm just so Kevin, done. we have a podcast we have to talk about we're it. not nah well, okay we'll talk about how shitty it is there because it is. like so i got so fed up i'm like i i know this is going to be hard but I, I'm invested now. I want to do this, so I did, and it's been fine. Now, what do you do for solitaire? <laughs> you know, there's a thing called a deck of cards. Ooh, you know, well played. <sighs> but yeah, no, it's actually been fine. So the big, the big change, obviously, um, was the gaming rig. But here's the thing: thanks to the Steam Deck, largely, the the investment that Valve has made in Proton has paid off and the trickle down effects of that are so high that like, I don't even really have to think about it. If I want to run a game on my Linux machine, as long as I'm running steam or even not steam, because it'll run under, you know, like uh, whatever the hero launcher, Mm. which doesn't even touch steam. Um, I can just run it. I don't have to think about anything. It's a every, I have yet to encounter a game that I can't run on my Linux box. 
you are, of course, going to have some compromises. Your driver is not going to be as optimized as it is for Windows, for example, so you are going to be giving up some frames. I don't care. For what I am getting, for the for the, the fucking the, the integrity that I feel, I'm fine with giving up some frames. I can run everything just fine, no problem, and it's pleasant. So, so on top of all of that, so not only have I switched to Linux fully for everything, I've also been uh, experimenting a lot with some self-hosting stuff. And we talked about this a little bit in Puppet Town, or the Puppet Pit, sorry. This is Puppet, <laughs> Puppet.town, speaking of self-hosting. So I am self-hosting a whole bunch of things, um, some of which are public, some of which are private. Um, so the public stuff that I've already talked about is the PeerTube server, mm-hmm. which is literally in a box sitting behind the, the TV over there. Um, and the owncast server. And I've got a whole, but I've got, I have so many portainer instances. I can't even count them. Like there's just, I got, I got Docker out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and the latest thing I've been experimenting with is so, you know, search is in a bad place. I don't know if you realize this. Google's useless. Um, and there aren't really any good alternatives. There is a self-hosted alternative. And it's called, I'm not even sure how to pronounce it. I think it's pronounced search engine, but it's spelled S-E-A-R-X-N-G. So I think it's pronounced search engine because, you know, sometimes an X can be pronounced as a C-H. Anyway, it is, there are public instances available. You can use it. Um, you can also self-host it and there's a Docker uh, image for it. Um, but it's a meta search engine. So what it does is it goes out and you can tell it what search engines you want to use, but it strips out all the bullshit, right? So it strips out all of the tracking stuff, all of the customization stuff, all of the ads, and it just gives you results. And you can say, I want, you know, Google, but not Bing and DuckDuckGo, but not Brave or whatever. Like you can tell it what search engines you can tell it. For like social media, you can tell it, I want to look at these video sites, but it's not these video sites. Like it's really interesting. And I am finding that it is, it's not great, but it is good enough. And I am certainly finding stuff every bit as easily as I would if I was still trying to use Google. Because Google, you have to hunt through the first four pages of things before you get to an actual fucking website that's made by a human. It's pretty you stunning, know, really. It's it's unbelievable how far it's fallen. Mm-hmm. Like, just incredible. Um, so it kind of feels to me a lot like the old days of search when it's like you were still relying on like, you know, oh, Lycos and InfoSeek and Yahoo. Like, you were kind of having to hunt around a bit. Yeah. You, you, you kind of have to do that a bit more. But nevertheless, it's that or the alternative. And the alternative is just this garbage generation that, that Google is giving you. And, I, you know, who needs that? I treat it like a game. It's like it's like <laughs> a fun game to decide what on your Google results is, it, is actually the website you're looking it, for. Is it a fun game? You know, but it does kill me when, when my mother's looking for something. And I know goddamn well she's clicking on the first thing that oh, comes of course. up. I've tried to explain. No, no. You see that ad? The, uh, the word ad next to it that's in very, very small letters. You see that? That means that's not what you're looking for. Or it might be what you're looking for. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, so that's that's over the break. That's what I have been doing tech-wise is I am fully embracing all of the open source software stuff. Um, and there is more than just an ideological reason for it. Now, the ideological stuff is important and it is it is it makes me feel good. Now, it's not easy. 
This isn't a sales pitch. I'm not trying to convince anybody to do this as well because it is difficult. You have to challenge yourself. You have to learn things you didn't know before. And some people with very legitimate reasons just don't have the spoons for that, right? Everyone's got a limited amount of time and energy. If you don't have the, the, the mental, you know, like you just, you're tired because you worked all day or whatever, and you don't want to learn something. You just want to click on a thing. That's totally understandable. Like I would never fault anybody for using anything other than Twitter. Hey, but (laughs) yeah. Um, so it has been a challenge. It has, it has been something that I've had to sort of force myself and it's not been a completely, but this, leads, road, this right? leans into your history, though, as we've covered on the podcast before, as you are a, a bleeding edge adopter. Yeah. You, you, you like getting into the, into this edge I tech. like the challenge of learning something new, sure. right? Um, and and, and I have learned a lot. Let and me tell and you. it's your sacrifices, shall we say. You, you're putting the work in and you're building the knowledge that could make it easier for others yeah. to also do that. And, and that's definitely a, a good thing to well, have that's, somebody that's thing willing found, to take the bullet. There's, there is a kind of a big migration happening right now. There's a lot of people who are kind of going in this direction because everyone's just so sick of the insidification of everything. They're called communists. <laughs> yes, they are. We love them. Um, yeah, socialist witches. <laughs> Uh, that it, it is happening more and more. And because it's happening more and more and there's more people in that space, the stuff that is coming out is better and easier to use and more useful. Like it's, it's a, it's a trend that's very healthy and it feels kind of very good to be in this space. Um, so that's, that's the whole thing. And it's like, there's, there's that as an ideological perspective, but there's also a practical angle of it. Um, Shit's expensive, yo. If I were to like try and build a new PC now, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like there's so much and it's all so expensive. One of the things that, you know, over the past, like last year was a lousy year for business. My income has dwindled to a trickle. I don't have the money to spend on anything other than survival at this point. I have to keep my old hardware running as long as possible. I have to. There's no other choice. So... This is what will do that. I have dragged out of closets and bins so much old crap that I thought I'd never have a use for before, cobbled together a machine and are now running services on it that I use every day that is incredibly useful and valuable to me. Suddenly, all these old machines have use and value again. That's unbelievable. The fact that you can do that. We're keeping hardware around for longer and we absolutely need to do that going forward. There's no question. And so I don't give a shit what Windows 12 ends up being. I don't have to buy a new machine. I'm perfectly happy where I am. Um, And so the other thing is, of course, my main desktop and my laptop are both Apple machines. Well, it's entirely possible in the next few years when, you know, my Apple Care runs out and these things age out of usefulness, I'm not going to be able to replace them with other Apple machines. I won't be able to afford to, but I can still use Linux. So is there a advanced Linux that runs on Apple there, Silicon? There isn't, I know people are working on the Apple Silicon stuff. There isn't yet. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, there are still alternatives, too. It's almost like they're not going to help. 
You think? No, yeah. they're definitely not going to help. They're, they they want to fill up the landfill. I mean, even shit. even it. the underpinnings of OS, uh, not even OS X, Mac OS is uh, BSD. Yep. But they don't put anything back into the project, yeah. so they do all the work getting it running on their ARM infrastructure. But that doesn't trickle back into FreeBSD yeah. or NetBSD or OpenBSD. Um, so people have to start from square zero in, in terms of getting stuff to post. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to see a really robust Linux distro on. on the problem is their, their, their boot systems a black box too. Like yeah. getting into that is always a problem. So. I'm just lucky that I got like my Mac mini, uh, you know, was the last of was, the Intel's. Right? was an so Intel base. Yeah. I've got my Debian stuff running on that, but, yeah. um, yeah, so that's where I've been over the past four months. It is, it is not an easy path. It is not, absolutely not. But I am finding it very rewarding and absolutely worth it. Mm. And now that I'm here, now that I've, I've kind of hit like a comfortable spot with it, it's fine. Like, Lost I don't even, weight, my skin's improving. <laughs> well, both actually. Hair's growing back. Nope, not that. Um, but yeah, so that's that's where I've been tech-wise. And it's really interesting journey. It's been It's been so much learning. Like I know stuff now that if you'd asked me last year would have been, I would have thought impossible. And now I'm like, oh yeah, okay, we can just do that. So that's cool. That's a really great feeling. It's empowering. That's the whole thing about this. I, I come out of the other end of this feeling better about myself and about the world. And it's, it's nothing about it is negative. It's all positive. Even when it's difficult and frustrating, it ends up being a net positive. Did so. you end up trying a tune? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't looked at that yet. That's a, it's a new, uh, is it new? It's it's fairly new. It's an open source. It's a shell history, right? Yes, it's a searchable shell history that uh, that works. It basically throws your entire shell history into a SQL Lite database, right? And then gives you powerful hooks for going through it to find every instance of Docker or whatever that you're looking for. Um, I thought about it, but I am really set in my ways with uh, my ZSH. Uh, shell history. Um, so I, I, I thought about it, but I haven't pulled the trigger maybe on some, uh, some machine that I don't use. That's much. one thing I haven't done yet is muck around with different shells. I've all, I'm just I'm taken like a bash and I'm good with bash. And you can and- do a fair amount with bash, but once I went to ZSH and, and got it configured the way I like it, it's, it's my new default. And I mean, OSX is pushing ZSH as their new default shell. Um, it's, it's more, Bash is old and it's got a lot of stuff nailed to it. Uh, I'm not saying ZSH is new, but it, it seems to be. I just find it a little, a uh, little more intuitive, sure. and the, the the hooks into it are uh, are good. And if you run something like um, like oh my ZSH isn't a shell, but it's extensions for your shell that give you a lot of very useful Git information if you're doing a lot of uh, uh, Git work. And also lets you customize your shell to show information on the right. command line that you uh, that you need frequently. So yeah, a couple of my servers, I've got some custom like you know, they'll, they'll type ls, it'll actually show me like the, all the information I want, all that stuff. Well, this right? is just like your your standard command line. Like uh, it'll tell me the IP of the machine I'm on, like the internal IP, so I know which machine I'm on from that. How long it took to run the last command, whether it was successful or whether it failed. Um, it gives you my, my path in a truncated form so I don't have a long thing or it's a little squiggle. Uh, like you can really, um, really dial it up 
Um, and, 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 and in design, that, cause I, it's I, nice. I use power level 10 K, which is the, um, the actual theming engine. And, uh, it gives you a lot of, uh, ability to, to show stuff. Very. I look at movie times on my Cineplex app on my phone. <laughs> Does your cat's breast smell like cat food? Cat food. Yeah. I was going to say it's such a Ralph moment. Okay, let's let's end it there. That's it. We're going to put to bed Gizmo Town, and therefore we're going to take another actual break because I need another drink. And boy, oh boy, is my voice getting scratchy. Somebody else has got to do some talking for a change. Uh, and we will be back with pixels and tokens. <laughs> Video games, board games, video games, tabletop role-playing games, video games, and now for Pixels and Tokens, where we talk about all kinds of gaming, but mostly video games. Oons, oons, oons. We were we were walking through the mall playing Pokemon, and we went to the Sheraton, and there was a a sign that they were having a contract bridge tournament. So there's another game for you. They had booked out a space in the Sheraton for a contract bridge tournament. I know what bridge is. Yeah. What is a contract? It's like bridge? it's like bridge on another level. Like insane, intense bridge. You know for the, old people. You know how at the end of uh, pool, you're supposed to call the hole you're shooting into yeah. the eighth ball. You're always supposed to do that. Um, the contract bridge is you're. I think you're supposed to predict how you're going to win the bridge game. <laughs> wow, I didn't it, even. I didn't I look think into it. That sounds. That sounds logical. The only thing worse is full contact bridge. Bridge bridge <laughs> players are nuts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Give me huff the spice and bring in the giant space worm. That's the, the, the giant space baby is yeah. the, uh, the the one that keeps winning. He's the dealer, right? <laughs> Welcome to Pixels and Tokens. We're talking about gaming, I guess. This, there's been gaming, gaming and other things. Just, just, yeah, uh, gaming, huh? Did we how, did we write anything that? in the show notes? I can't. Oh remember. yeah, we got. Yeah, some stuff. so oh, okay. we're talking about uh, catching up with gaming. So uh, y'all y'all been playing some games? Destiny two. Honest to God, I man. actually was going to ask burr, burr, that burr, burr, I, because uh, a part of the the Microsoft thing was of course the Xboxing. Mm-hmm. Really? You're just you're just. I'm out? keeping one. I'm keeping yeah. one. Um, for for a very convoluted series of reasons, I ended up with surplus Xboxes. Um, and so I've, I've given one away to a family friend. I still have two Xbox series X's that don't have a home and I'm keeping one. So I have three currently sitting in You can move those. You can, you can move that. There's not going to be a problem. uh, Yeah. That's understandable. But I haven't been on Xbox is my point. So I don't know what you guys are playing. That's all I play. I played Xbox, Destiny 2 on Xbox. Uh, there's a new season of Diablo 4 kicking off this week, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, yes, we'll, I never we'll played plays. the Avatar of Xur. It, yeah. it, it launched broken, and I just kind of had fallen off of Diablo It also launched hard. while I was on the cruise, and yeah. then I'm home, and I just couldn't be arsed. I hit level 100, and I'm just like, and I'm done. That's it. We talked a little bit on the on the live stream, but um, the, Diablo 4 is such a weird thing. It's like, mm-hmm. it's really hot and cold. 
Yeah. Right? It's like, it's either like, okay, this is great. I'm loving this. I'm playing this. And then all of a sudden, just like that, for no reason, it just falls off a cliff. And you it's don't it's as long it. as I still have stuff in the battle pass to get, I yeah. will keep playing it. And then once I finish it, I'm like, uh, now and I have no reason. I don't even know if they've talked about the new season yet. No. I, they've well, announced it and they haven't said what it is or what's going to be in it. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's, yeah. it's happening, but. You know, so are there going to be new quality of life changes? Maybe, wow. probably. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's going to feel like Diablo three anytime soon, but it's you know, it's we may we might fire. The, the, it's this happened last time, I think. the The advantage right now is that Destiny two is about to hit the hole because they punted the expansion from February to June, and now there's this mystical expansion not expansion that they're going to have to fill in the gap which i think is just going to be a greatest hits scenario where they're just going to fire up some mm-hmm. of the old strikes or campaigns who the hell knows so there's basically nothing in destiny 2 land until june when the new expansion theoretically launches so this is a perfect time to kick off a new season of, of diablo anyway sure so you know we, we'll probably fire it up and we'll, we'll dig oh, around i'm sure we'll, I'll, I'll roll a new character, a new character yeah. and be in it for two weeks and then forget about it again <laughs> like that's yeah. the thing yeah. i mean i might throw them the 10 bucks from the battle pass again this time if it looks like there's some interesting stuff in there we but. uh we did some drg Deep Rock Galactic. So this is one of the things in the show notes is um, the uh, Steam Winter Sale yes. happened. So who got what? I didn't buy anything myself, but a certain individual gifted me. Oh, uh, Deep Rock Galactic on Steam. Well, that was when you had you had uh, put all the Xboxes into the closet. And you're like, yeah. I don't have it on Steam, and I'm like, Well, it's on sale right now. So how much was it? Uh, I think it was seventeen dollars. It's not bad. It was. It was. Wait, I've got it right here. And I mean, again. What they've done with Deep Rock. $13.04. What they have the done game. with that game and the way they've they've enhanced they've they've built on it and they've got their seasonal content, which is free. Huge and you can you world. can just pick it up. It's nice. It's and, a and nice play it. Game. It, it, you, you, there's no real FOMO. No. Because you've just got the guns. All they have is skins for guns. Yeah. It's not like you, you can miss out on a really good gun by not playing for I mean, six months. You can miss out on a nice hat. You could miss out on a hat. Uh, but it was thirteen dollars and four cents, and the DLC was all on sale for like two bucks. Yeah, so I ended up picking a bunch of the DLC that was on sale. Yeah. But uh, that that was we we played that. Um, I went a little ham Uh-oh. on the winter sale. Uh oh. Um, not not terribly. Like uh, the stuff I got was really cheap, and it was stuff that has long been like I got uh, Lucas Arts Outlaws for probably. A dollar or two. Uh, <laughs> Zach McCracken, the Alien Mindbenders, Afterlife, which was another LucasArts game. Star Wars Rebel Assault 1 and 2. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I have a huge soft spot for oh, those games oh, back in the day. Um, Lego Worlds, um, Lego Marvel's Avengers, Lego Jurassic World. like They were all on stupid cheap. Celeste, which is an indie darling mm-hmm. um, that I've always wanted to, to, to get. Um, Midnight Suns was on really cheap, so I picked that up because I, I do enjoy um, XCOM like Firaxis XCOM likes, but with the addition of like the card system, that's yeah. really interesting. It kind of switches things. I've got up. it. I've got it on Xbox. It is pretty good actually. Uh, both Katamari Damacy Reroll and We Love Katamari Reroll uh, play great on the deck. Um, just fantastic, fun games, and the fact that they brought them so up. So does Deep Rock Galactic. Yes, I uh, I do have that already installed. <laughs> we have to mention. I mean, Epic Games has been ridiculous mm. with their free games that they've been doing. I and, picked up a couple, but this, I'm not on this there all year. The time. 
Jesus. Yeah, I really. I mean, uh, I, I had to. I had to look it up. So it started with Destiny Two: The Legacy Collection for free, which is the expansions up the uh, up to Forsaken. I think I don't yeah. think it included Shadowkeep. Maybe it no, included um, Shadowkeep. It might have been everything before Witch Queen. And, and yeah, and I mean, it's basically just here now. If that's missing the new subclasses, yada yada yada. But that's a shitload of gaming that they were basically giving away, and I'm sure there were a lot of blueberries running around uh, when I was away. Um, a couple of games I hadn't heard of, and then they did a Fallout 3 Game of the Year edition, which they've had before. Ghostwire Tokyo, just here. Like, that's it was a AAA release. It was moderate success. And then the Outer Worlds Spacer's Choice edition, which was yeah. the expanded version of a very, very good game from the makers of Fallout New Vegas. Uh, and then they did uh, Cat Quest, which was a fun little game. But then Saints Row, which was not well received. But here, it's a, a new game. What do you want for free? And then the, the company that made this doesn't exist. Yeah. So technically, this is free anyway. Ghost Runner, like Ghost Runner Two, is out, but the full Ghost Runner is was free. Uh, Plague Tale Innocence. And then fucking Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a great game, which I, again, bought the fucking thing, never actually played it. It's still sitting you, on the pile. The problem with that game is it's a one and done. Sure. I, I, I got it. I think I got it when it hit Xbox on Game Pass. I beat it. And then I'm like, OK, yeah. I, I think there's other other endings or something. But I mean, I again, I fully intended to play it and I fully intend to play it. But all of this shit was literally just here. I mean, yeah. I still subscribe to Humble Choice with the bundles, with the monthly, the monthly pass, and they've had some incredible games in the last couple of months. But you know, it's again, it's just on the pile, and my brain just goes, "It's fine, it's there. You might get to it someday, whatever." I anyway. uh, I ended up getting Star Wars Squadrons for three dollars. Yeah, Jesus. Um, I don't know if it'll play on the deck, but it will. And then I, I'm I, like, I know this for a fact. There, I, at that point, I looked at the Star Wars collection on Steam. Like, there are four games I don't have, and for twenty dollars, I can fill in the entire Star Wars collection. <laughs> so I picked up uh, Clone Wars Republic Hero, Rogue Squadron 3D, Episode One Racer, and Battlefront Classic. Nice. And then that's all the Star Wars games. Yeah, I mean, I got a bunch of them on GOG. I uh, I grabbed Red Dead Redemption 2 with a gift card I got for Christmas. Um, Firewatch, which was on for $2.93, and it's supposed to be amazing. And then just recently, because I was going on, I'm going on a cruise soon. There's a game called, yeah, you want those games, right? So here you go. Now let's see you clear them. Uh, if you've ever gone, literally the name of the game. If yeah. you've ever gone uh, through and seen ads for mobile games where it's like you pull the pin to yeah, unleash yeah. the water to, to put out the fire, they don't exist in the games they're advertising. But the developers, these are the people who did. Um, God, they're they're actually a they, they actually worked on a, a, re, a PC release for a bunch of big games. Mm-hmm. I think actually they worked on the Katamari releases, the re, PC reroll uh, releases, mm-hmm. and they actually made all those you know like get the cars out of the the jam parking lot and uh, pull the pins to uh, the, just weird little puzzle games. I'm like yeah. that sounds like fun and it works great on the deck. So I picked that up when it was on sale. Yeah, no, it, it yeah, that's another one that I I probably did pick up or I fully intended to at some point. Cause, but uh, yeah, the, the I think the deck really because the last few Christmas like the last few sales period like 
2022, 2021, 2020, I didn't even look at Steam during the sales. So yeah. I wasn't playing mm-hmm. much on the PC. But having the deck and, and being able to play these older games, like the Lego uh, Marvel will play on it really well. Mm. Um, yeah, one of the games I threw on the Steam Deck was Lego City Undercover, which yeah. I never got around to playing. And again, fully, fully intended to play it. Do, 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 do. But um, Well, and that's the other thing. Like, you know, with my, my Linux gaming rig, Steam is the default. Like, there's no yeah, – yeah. like, and just the fact that – oh, well, we'll talk about this in a second. But like um, uh, City Heroes. Yep. Yep, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so on GOG, I've got uh, X-Wing, TIE Fighter, uh, multiple versions somehow. X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, X-Wing Alliance, Starfighter, Knights of the Old Republic, Dark Forces, Knights of the Old Republic 2, <laughs> Battlefront 2, Republic Commando, Empire at War, Gold Pack, Jedi Knight, Dark Forces 2, Jedi, Knight, Jedi Academy, and Jedi Outcast. So most of the titles, but obviously there's more. But I think I bought them in a, in a big fuck-off bundle years yeah. ago, so... Um, I also re I also installed Sleeping Dogs to the Steam Deck mm. because um one of my friends who streams has been playing it recently and I've people uh, keep coming back to that one it's yeah. it's a it's a miracle that they didn't do a sequel because people still talk about it the, that's a the action in the game, game stands up uh the driving in the game is unreasonably good for a game that <laughs> that, that is mostly just open world brawler um it's it's a fantastic game that didn't really hit when it was released but has become kind of a, you know, you need to play this game since. Um, but yeah, no, um, the the deck is really that was, revitalized. That was the one that John Woo was somehow involved with? It? No, he said he had a different one. No, oh. that was, uh, oh God. It's it's the one where you could... Uh, Chow Yun-Fat was in it. Yeah, you could shoot people in the balls and it would actually give you skill points <laughs> All right, for never it. mind. Uh, Stranglehold. Yeah. The John okay. Blue Stranglehold. Good catch. Wow, that was an Xbox 360 game. Wow. Yeah. Um, no, Sleeping Dogs, um, it's a... You're a San Francisco cop who worked undercover but got burned uh, in San Francisco, so they sent you over to Hong Kong to work on the triad problem there, and uh, now you're... You've got this semi-allegiance to the the triad, and you've got the semi-allegiance to a cop, so you're trying to walk this line between keeping them Sounds happy easy. but helping affairs. them. Yeah, but it's it, it's it's really well done. Um, the the Hong Kong they made is beautiful. Driving around it is amazing. The fact that it still holds up says a lot about the development. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, it's out there and it, it, you know, since it came out in 2012, it plays in the deck like a champ. So, mm-hmm. and it's in, it's usually like $5. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing. It's one of the best, best values out there for a game. Um, but yeah, no, the, the deck really colored a lot of what I was picking up. Oh, like yeah. it was a, a, a more older stuff. Not, I mean, Red Dead Redemption too, but it also plays in the deck fairly well. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was a, it was a good winter sale because there was a lot of deep cuts, like a lot of really good sales on things so yeah uh no i i tried not to buy anything because of the pile like i I, yeah. I tried so hard to be to say no no you don't need any of the shit like for instance i did not buy assassin's creed mirage didn't feel the need to buy it no nope. it's still on the pile valhalla's on fucking game pass now so everybody and their dog can play it for free <laughs> but uh, i've still got the ps5 version sitting on the on the pile but uh, yeah, so I, I I was pretty good about not doing it. But again, I'm still I'm still on the subscription list for Humble Bundle and all that. Yeah. So I'm still happy to jump onto these things and pay a little bit of money for something that'll eventually be free, you know. But I tell myself, hey, it's it's uh, it is for a good cause. Yeah, usually humble's humble's, humble's pretty humble's, good with that. They are. So there's still that. 
All right. So I wanted to include this next one because it, it is just a feel-good story. It, um, it, it, this brings uh, Kevin and I full circle pretty much. So City of Heroes mm. was an MMO. And, 2003. And is, Stop doing the math. I know. Um, that was uh, the first superhero MMO. Yep. Um, it had a great character creator. It it really it you, really set a standard for a lot of you things. You dug in on powers, yeah. on different stuff. You figured out. I mean, so you're, you're making your character, and you're like, "Oh, flight! I want to fly!" And then you fly like a dumb truck. <laughs> like, honest to I God, remember how disappointed you were. The, in the base flight, <laughs> flight speed, walking on the ground was faster. Just, just FYI, it's better. Now. I know. I, I, I have gone back <laughs> since, but I remember. I'm well, like, imagine I'm, how taxing it was. I'm gonna fly, and I was hardware. I was going straight up, and it was like this. <laughs> Literally yeah. like this. And I'm like, oh, oh. But you were flying. I have three degrees of freedom, but I have no speed. Yeah, it, you had to upgrade it several times. One third of the players were just Wolverine wannabes. Yeah. But the um, the the big one was the, the, the Flash, because it actually did give you a fair amount of... Uh, yeah. Uh, speed, but anyway, it was a it was a great game. They came up with a bunch of expansions. There was a city of villains they added to yeah. it, um, and then it, it what twenty ten something like that. Yeah, they folded. NCSoft kind of closed it. They didn't they didn't disappear, but they stopped the the servers. Yeah. and thus began a time of people trying to get. <laughs> their own servers it up. was it was a much beloved mmo that ended before its time so there's Turned a into, shall we say a gray market there's yes. a bunch of community servers out there and the biggest one the one that i tried out in 2020 during uh, the height of the pandemic i found out about uh, city of heroes homecoming and i spun up a character on there and it was it was legit City of Heroes. Like you went out there and you did the stuff. Like you, you remember the sound. You're out in the streets. Oh, yeah. You hear gunshots and sirens all the time. Um, you go into a, a a building and then there's all these uh, mobs that run at you. And it's it was really good. Well, cut to what two weeks ago mm-hmm. they have cut a licensing deal with NCSoft to actually legit use the service. Yeah. They are now. Fully licensed, fully legal. And they can update the game. Like, they can write their own updates to the engine, to the game, and use the assets. Are they allowed to charge anything? So, (laughs) um, probably is the answer to that. But they have announced that they have no plans Mm -hmm. to charge yet. They have been existing for this long on donations. I was going to say, it's community supported. It is is 100% community There's probably Patreon. People are happy to throw money So, you know, the devs are volunteer, the servers are paid for with contributions, and that's it. And let me tell you, the player base is healthy. It's it's relatively large. There's people playing it. So, of course, as soon as I heard this, I'm like, all right, okay, let's see. Like the the starter area had, I'd say, two dozen people in it, and Easy. I was like surprised Easy. that there were that many people in the in the. There's multiple intro zone. servers. Like yes. there's servers that are yes. full. Yep. <laughs> right? Like it's it's kind of wild, um, and you can just download it, make an account, and play it they've for got nothing. A, they've got a full launcher that keeps the client updated, and it's it, it's legit. Yeah, like playing old school City of Heroes, and that's the point. It is very much old school City of Heroes. Well, so I the think whole with, paradigm, yeah. of like it's just it feels old. Yeah. The pacing is so not what we're used to anymore. 
And at first, so I tried it out, of course, because A, I just wanted to, I'm a, I'm a whole, will this run under Proton? Of course it will. Yeah. It always does. But there's always like a fun little kind of, okay, let's see what version of Proton am I going to use? What, what's It runs no problem. Um, thanks to another game that I'm playing that I have found a very good uh, MMO-friendly controller scheme for oh, on nice. Steam. Um, that I applied that controller scheme to this. So I've been playing City of Heroes with a controller. On the Steam Deck? On, on the Steam Deck and on my regular PC. Wow. No problem. Nice. It's just fine. And <laughs> so, yes, it does feel very, very dated. Yes. The pacing is completely unintuitive now. Once I'd played it for a while, though, I, I had remembered how it went, that's, and I didn't I didn't mind it as much as I did right at the beginning. I have found that the thing that helped me think about it was to not think about it like an action MMO, which I'm yes, used to playing, right. but think about it like a tabletop game. Yeah, yeah. You're seeing the dice rolls. Yeah. Because that's the problem, is the pacing. It's like, you hit, they hit. Yes. You hit they hit or miss or whatever it yeah. is that, that's going to happen. And that is very much the pacing of the combat. But as soon as you think of it in terms of that turn-based thing, suddenly it becomes, oh, okay, now I get it. And but there's you, there's still the Diablo kind of thing where you're, you've got a rotation. You want to yes. do your debuff, you want to do this attack, you want to do this attack, yeah. and then maybe do a recovery. Like there's a, a cadence yeah. to your attacks. Very yeah. much. Um, so anyway, I, that, I just wanted to point that out because it's, it's really super cool. Like, what a feel good story. The community has supported this game for years, and then suddenly they are they have the ability to go yeah. legit. Like, yeah, this is, they won. Everybody won. That's, yeah. that's amazing. And it's not like everybody's going to play this thing full time. I mean, it's it's to scratch the itch in a I'm, lot of ways to I'm, get back I in and say, okay, this there is are fun. some people that are oh, there's, on there. There's definitely hardcores. No, there's all, every game's got hardcores, but I mean, for the for most people are going to yeah. fire it up and go, oh yeah, I remember this. This was fun. Now, this and maybe, is, maybe play and catch this, like play the stuff they didn't play when they were playing originally. Exactly. They, they got sucked into Warcraft or whatever. This is the funny thing. Like I, when I first, I would first try it as an experiment, right? I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, let's just see. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, this isn't good. Oh, this is kind of bad. And then I, I went back to it. Yeah. And I, I've played it a few times since. There is definitely like it's not good. It's not a good game, quote unquote. But there is definitely something charming about it. I will okay. say there's sure. there's there's something compelling. Like a lot of MMOs, it's the best when you get a group. Yeah. Sure. When you when you and a bunch of people, and especially if you're in voice comms, sure, go out and are doing something. It definitely feels more like a tabletop experience yeah. than when did you're it, playing it exactly. solo. Did it have voice comps when it came out? Oh, God. No, you were, running, you were Team Speaker Ventrilo. Yeah. Okay. Back so, yeah, in the day. Yeah, you had sure. something yes. you could still do. Or, or at the cutting edge mumble where people would log into your mumble server. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so that's, I just wanted to, to put that up there point that out because it is very cool that this happened. Hopefully and this is a precedent. If yeah. anyone listening has any nostalgia for city of heroes, go grab homecoming, play it. it. Like, even if you, you bounce off of it, it's a memory lane, like that opening area where you're killing bug things and little <laughs> alcoves and stuff. It just brought me right back to 2003 with my uh, my guy with exposed bones and graver pants. <laughs> um, 
And then dump truck flying down the street slower than people run by you. And here's the interesting thing. The experiment I ran was, so there are have been since a couple of superhero MMOs. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that are currently running are um, DC Universe Online. Yes. Which is still going, believe That's, it or not. That blows my mind. I, really. Uh, it's run by Daybreak Studios now, which is like the clearinghouse for is that, old that's MMOs. That's who Sony sold all their MMOs oh, to, right? Oh, right. No, I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, they're... They're, they're, who, they're running EverQuest. They are running EverQuest and EverQuest Two and yeah. DC Universe Online. They're the planet reason. side. And, oh yeah. wow! Because <laughs> like people would prefer that they just let these games go and let the fans run them, but there's still this company going. No, 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 no. Yeah. We're going to keep things going. We're going to keep charging for it. We're going to make sure that this is still a and business. And the fact that they're still getting updates and the, yeah. aren't they That's still honoring wild. the MMO or the um, EverQuest Lifetime Pass? Or well, the DC, so, no, the Sony yes. EU. There was there was a Sony thing that was a lifetime thing, and I had that years ago. And yeah. yes, they do. They do they actually still, honor. They still yeah. honor that. I haven't checked in a while, but see, I was like DC. They obviously had a shit ton of story content that would have been interesting yeah. to play through. You know, and I don't know how long that would really take, but I mean. What was the one that came after City of Heroes? So that was Champions That's Online. That's it, Champions Online. And I, I did actually, when I at the time that it launched, I got a lifetime membership for that too. So I still... Does I it do, exist? It exists. Really? It's run by Cryptic Studios. Oh, they were the people who developed it though. They yeah. developed it. They got bought by a couple of different people. They are currently owned by Gearbox, believe it or not. Gearbox oh. ended up buying, because Embracer embraced Gearbox. Ah, yes. So Embracer was just like absorbing all these different things. Gearbox ended up owning cryptic mm-hmm. so cryptic currently or gearbox currently owns champions online and star trek online interesting yeah um it's a whole thing but so i went okay let's compare it because i played a whole lot of both yeah um and i honestly found myself enjoying city of heroes more than champions online city of heroes i found was more charming than champions online i know people are out there that love their champions online sure. but i I thought City of Heroes had a little more heart, and Champions Online felt a little more limiting. Like, yes. you couldn't really dig into your character like you could on City of Heroes. The problem that I have currently with Champions Online is the fact that it, since it went free to play, um, it's just crammed with microtransactions. Oh, the water, so it's, yeah. it's loot box city, that's, right? That's the killer. That, yeah, when, you're, when you're paying... So even though it is a more modern, and the, the pacing yeah. is better, and yeah. all that, stuff, it, it's just kind of gross yeah. when you log in and you just feel like you're being advertised to yeah. and i mean do right? they scale the prices to modern amounts or are they do they charge less because it's an older i game? didn't check because i have i had the the lifetime thing actually gives me a stipend of whatever their bullshit yeah, currency like, is the, so i've got so much of it i'll never be able to the old republic did that too where they yeah if you had the cartel monthly. coins yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I know City of Heroes had really humorous fake ads in it, but did they ever do the full, like the the real ads in the game? I don't think it was one of the first ones that did. I think so, no. I think Crackdown was one of the first ones that did real ads in live billboards. But anyway, so there, that's it. City of Heroes Homecoming is it's legit, nice, it's for good. real. It's a nice it's a story. feel-good story if you want. And here again... If you love it, you throw them a couple bucks. If you're on a budget, if you can't afford the mm-hmm. subscription fee for... If you have an old computer. an older computer, this will run on that. Um, if you just want an MMO to play with your friends and not have to pay any money, you can do that. Absolutely. City of Heroes Homecoming. We'll have to figure out what servers we're on. I'm I've, on uh, Reunion. I might be on Reunion. I, it sounds familiar, but I haven't logged in since 2020. They were doing like a whole, okay, 
most of the servers are really busy. Mm-hmm. These servers are not busy. We're going to run a double XP thing on those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've got a shit ton of new people suddenly. Because yeah. <laughs> we've got a whole bunch of gaming press. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People are like, oh my God, City of Heroes still exists? Yeah, really. Uh, so that I'm on Reunion. Okay, so, I'll, I'll look into which one I'm on. Frankie plays the heroes. We can do it, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so last but not least, new features. So at, normally at this time in, the, in season one, the, what we're now calling season one, we would have done our top five list. We are not doing the top five list because the top five list is done. Are we retconning the old po- podcast to be season one? We, well, the old, the last season of this podcast. Nice. And, you know, we, anyway. I like it. I don't know. Works for me. What are we even doing? Anyway. The point of the top five list is we want to talk about games that we love. Yes. Right. And that's the, so many podcasts are just about, you know, like angry dudes sitting around yelling at each other. We don't want to be that. We want to be, here's a good thing. So we're going to talk about games that we love that didn't necessarily make our top five list, but nevertheless are worth talking about that have meant something to us and that we really, really enjoyed. So we're going to kick off the same rotation with Andrew, what do you got for us? So it's an easy one. Uh, Legend of the Zelda. Legend of Zelda. The Legend, Legend of, Zelda. of the Zelda. <laughs> Look, <laughs> Look, I'm old. I'm you, tired. Do you kids know about the Legend of the Zelda? Because Zelda, Zelda the Link, and the, the Error. So are you talking about the NES one? I'm talking about the series in general. I mean, because, okay. again, it's, it's because, you know, eventually we kind of had a, a style of Zelda game. But, you know, going back to playing it originally i mean the nes version of course was incredible it was an amazing game uh funny story uh my neighbor uh who an an adult woman who played zelda didn't know there was a battery save so she left the game on all the time (laughs) so i thought that was really funny that she just and that reminds me that there were uh games at the time rpgs like wizardry most notably that didn't have a battery and if you wanted to save your game it gave you basically a wall of text yes that you had to write down perfectly or else you didn't get to keep your material or your, your the, character the hardcore people had a polaroid and a tripod pointing at their tv to oh get a God. picture of it what a nightmare that would have been anyway legend of zelda was a, a, a truly standout title when it came out i mean it was that massive map you know, the action was solid. Uh, it had a great personality to it. It was immersive. Uh, it was it was colorful. You know, it, it, it added and it had so many new elements that, that games had only suggested in the past. And it was just a just an incredible uh, introduction to, to the potential of gaming when it came out. Uh, and then Zelda 2 came out. And then they fucked with the formula. <laughs> and Zelda 2, I remember that one coming out and and going, yeah, fuck yeah, Zelda 2, this is amazing. And firing it up going, what am I playing? What if Zelda but Mario? It was a side-scrolling action game instead of mm. the top-down uh, iteration. I'm not, we're not going to get into the history of, of the who's and the what's and the why's. All I'm, all I'm doing is approaching it from the perspective of a young gamer mm. and being... I'm still transfixed by the gold cartridge because that was a big deal, that gold cartridge. And you you know it meant quality since it was the gold cartridge. And I played, I probably played Zelda 2 more than I played Zelda 1. It was still a very large game. I still vividly remember, you know, how like jumping around and and swinging that sword. Uh, It had RPG elements to it and and it had error. Who gave? Who was a, a, a blacksmith in one of the towns, uh, which was 
just mind-boggling at the time like why is this name error what is going on here i don't understand it was just it, i don't know if that was a glitch or, or it was intentional or what but it was it was again it was a it was a zelda game it was still a zelda game because you were link and you were still trying to save the princess and, and it was a very challenging title and uh, i played the hell out of zelda 2 and then uh with the Super Nintendo launch, they had a link to the past. That's which where I came in. I didn't have an NES, so absolutely, con- easily one of the greatest games of all time. It easily still, could have been on my list. I still go and play it. It every is. It is such a years. perfect video game. Have you ever played it? I don't think I have. Because it's that was the true sequel to the Legend of Zelda because it maintained that top down aesthetic. Uh, and and the 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 world by world the the area by area map kind of a thing, but it expanded it and it was visually perfect for the this era. All, this all sounds very much like it's built on the legacy of Atari Adventure. Sure, oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, no, there's there the bones are there. No I hate question. to say that. No, no, no. That's that's. I'm sure. I can't speak to the to the development. But I've seen I've seen some of the early Zelda games. I haven't played them. But I mean, they do very much. Remind it was me a of Japanese like, game by yeah. no quest by no means. It, it, by all means, it was Japanese. I don't know how affected the Japanese market was by by adventure. Yeah. So, but I'm sure that it had some influence. Well, just the on fact the that like a, an open world over multiple screens. Right. Means that yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no question. You know. So and then and then Link to the Past just added so many elements to it. The, the different weapon types, the different enemies, the animation was going between perfect. worlds and using that as a method of accessing areas. Mm-hmm. The gradual un, un, unfold, unfolding of the map, which I guess had links to Metroid, because Metroid had the same way where you would unlock abilities that would get you access. Your grappling hook would pull you into the island that you couldn't get to mm-hmm. otherwise. And again, it just blossomed. It was just the perfect video game experience of the of that time. And it was it was just magical. And it was the kind of game you could just play over and over again just to immerse yourself in, in that world. And it was so simple and beautiful. It's one of those and, games that was really flourished under the randomizers now. Um, sure. They've got a, oh, right, a yeah, yeah. Link to the Past randomizer where it changes where all of your gear is. And they've actually put safeguards into it to prevent needed things from getting locked behind like the yeah, end game that would be the, the death of it sure. um but i mean a lot of people it really got a second wind in the late 2010s early 2020s with um, the randomizers people go back and they could play it a yeah. hundred times and it won't be the same because there's different seeds but as it was it was a crafted it experience. was it was sure. really good and it was designed to pull you in as the user and it was designed like you would take you occasionally yes you would get kind of lost you weren't really entirely sure where you had to go next and it was there are a handful of moments that were a little more obtuse uh, but in the end, you could figure it out, and then you'd move on, and you get into that next dungeon and kill that the boss. Worst was, was not being able to pay the monkey. <laughs> I mean, the monkey. Eventually, I, I literally yeah. came there several times and did not have enough to pay him. And literally, that is a, a lock. Sometimes you and just got to pay the monkey. If you don't pay the monkey, you don't move on. That's right. So you, you no go back. And, and again, it was it was almost another training floor for video games, yeah, for, sure. for how games should be, how the, the perfect experience. And, you know, a lot of us have been chasing that dragon since that time. And, you know, and, and a lot of other games, Zelda games have come out since that very much aped that. You know, there was the 3DS one, mm-hmm. uh, Link's Awakening, which very much was a was a spiritual Link's successor. Link's Awakening was Game Boy. No, Game Boy, Game Boy which Color. one am I thinking of? The, the, the You're thinking of Four Swords? 
No, no, no. The th- the 3DS one where you actually would like go into the paintings and stuff. Like it turned you into a 2D character at times. Oh, uh, Spirit Tracks? No. Because Link's Awakening was the Game Boy one that okay. they remastered for 3DS and Switch. Um, anyway, we obviously I did no research on this. Uh <laughs> And I never did play, oh, A Link Between Worlds. Okay, because I, I played that, Spirit Tracks yeah. on the 3DS. Yeah, no, I never did play that one. And, you know, and, and like everything, like every other franchise, it, it started to get a little out of hand. Spirit Tracks was a very different game. But, you know, people loved the idea of this being this big, beautiful world. And that. And, and I, I never Zelda, saw that. Zelda suffered when they were trying to figure out how to make the gimmick work because ge- Nintendo con- consoles ended up going with gimmicks, mm, like 3DS yeah, with right. the... 3D and the touch screen. They're like, yeah. okay, now you got to draw paths for the train to go yeah. on. Because that didn't happen with the 3DS one. The and Link Between Worlds very much just pulled it like back. Like Skyward to, Sword and Twilight Princess were trying yeah. to figure out how to make motion controls be and, compelling. And, and that's it. And, and at that point, I kind of tapped out anyway. Yeah. Like, like the Zelda franchise continued did well you, beyond Did that. you make it to the N64 Zeldas? You know what? I didn't because I never really got an N64. So and I know most people will tell I, you that, that... I played a buttload of Orcarina of Time. Yep. Literally little bit of Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask was a bit too punishing with the time limit and sure. then getting like sent back to the first day every time you weren't able to do what you needed to do. I've almost played those games so many times over the last 30 years. I played the butt off of Wind Waker yeah. um, on the GameCube. It was one of the games I played the most. I still have a remembrance of when I had my tonsils out at like 26 and being on Percocets for the first time. Like I just <laughs> taken them. And I sat on the couch with my wave well, bird. Zelda time. Like lying down. I'm gonna play some Zelda with the wave bird. And then the Percocets hitting and the cell the, the controller just falling out of my hand. <laughs> and I sat there and watched Link's idle animations for forty five minutes, <laughs> just unable to really do anything. <laughs> um and then I finally came to enough to uh to turn everything off and go to bed but um i played a bunch i think we did four or five complete clears of wind waker while we had the uh, gamecube it's not like i outgrew it i definitely didn't outgrow it it was just that i i had kind of bounced off nintendo in a lot of ways like Mm. i just i never got around to getting an n64 and it was always like i totally want to play it i 100 percent want to play use case for um emulation well for your steam deck that too exactly no i have i have because you and one of the first things I wanted to play on the Steam Deck when I got it was, oh, finally I'm gonna I've got a great emulation machine to play a Nintendo because you can game. you can get the HD remake of Wind Waker for the Wii U and run it in Citra, which I've done, mm-hmm. and it plays fantastic yep. on the, uh, the, the the Steam Deck. You know, and I've, so this all these experiences you, wait you for me. Owe it to yourself to play uh, Ocarina of Time. It's Absolutely. It, it, I mean, it, with anything on the N64, it suffers from being really early 3D yeah, yeah. Um, game, but it is so well-crafted. Um, and, it's, the, and it's not about storytelling. This is the thing. In terms of there's no giant narrative on, in any of these in, in, the I Zelda mean, games. In, in Ocarina of Time, they start coming to the grand – even in Link to the Past, there's a fairly yeah. overarching – the, the sage uh, sage's daughter is getting kidnapped by Agnum mm-hmm. and – it's a very straightforward tale. But but Ocarina of Time is where it starts to get a little more grand right. in terms of the storyline. Yeah, they were they were definitely uh punching above their weight by the time. But the core conceit one. of actually using the Ocarina uh and learning different songs mm-hmm. to, to to affect the world around you or to affect time itself. 
um, is well done. And I don't know. Wind Waker was really good, like mm-hmm. really, really good. But I think Ocarina of Time hit everything yeah. in terms of utilizing 3D, in terms of using this um, musical system. It was like a rhythm game before rhythm games existed. Um, to affect things, and as you progress, you learn things to make the other things happen. And on a, on a negative note, though, Wind Waker was one of the first real moments I think where shitty gamers started to make their presence. Oh, known. because it, it had cell shading, and they're it like, went, "Oh, this is for kids." People wanted a grim, dark. <laughs> Which is why we got uh, Twilight or uh, Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess, right. which were both grim, dark Zelda, and and that's what that's what that was the result of that. It was yeah. because so many people were mad I about. I can't a imagine one. the game with the Keebler Elf as the main character being grim, dark. What they put him into a Soul Calibur around the same time, and that's yeah. what, that's what a lot of gamers wanted. It was, Have you was seen dark. the Green Cap? Wind Waker <laughs> is so charming. Yeah, like exa- Young exa- Link, exactly. he's just got this. Gorm, perfect gormless face in his this cell shaded thing. So things happen to him, not because of him, and it's 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 just so good. And all of that led to, of course, Breath of the Wild, which yeah. was a phenomenon. I'm, like you know, I, it's not my favorite game, and that's fine. And I totally love that every that so many people obsessed about it, like f- completely got sucked into that world. And again, the narrative was very slight. There was a narrative. There was a very simple tale being told and you get pulled into it, but it wasn't a lore dump. It was simply you were living in that world and you were able to access pretty much all of it right away. And, and there were, it was less about, Oh, these enemies are too tough for you. It was just simply, you know, weapon crafting and things like that. And it's, it's built on it. But I mean, I would argue that it, it became overly complex in terms of the, the simplicity of, of Zelda games of the past. And and that's a reflection of where we are today. Because of the foundation, the training that we got in those early days of Zelda, that built up to the point where now a Zelda game is a much greater experience. And I, mean, I mean, the new one is, is a goddamn vehicle sim where you're building robots and shit in the game. So each Zelda built up depth in their own way. Mm-hmm. Like the first two Zeldas were pretty limited by the NES, but then the SNES, it became a gear collectathon. You needed to get the specific thing to help you do the specific thing. Mm-hmm. And then in the N64, it was a bit of gear collectathon, but more getting your ability uh, with the Orcarina. And yeah. then, like, they, they tried to keep it to a single thing that was the core conceit. And obviously, the 3D element was a big deal with, but the, with the. Then you ended up in the 64. Wii U and now on the Switch, where they're adding things in every direction. So mm. instead of having to master the Orcarina or your inventory or sailing, you're now having to master uh, weapon. Uh, weapon durability you're having to master your inventory you're having to master a lot of movement tech um the sheikah slate um all these weird powers that the sheikah slate gives you it's no longer a, kind of a single thing or or a couple things that you're trying to do they're throwing basically this entire sphere of things around the game at you yeah. and it's a lot more than what previous zeldas really were and it's it says a lot about the foundation that they have that that so many people have embraced breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom and and just 
absorbed it. Like when Tears of the Kingdom came out, people were you know taking time off work to dive into that. Like full grown ass adults who haven't really picked up a video game in years. Like people that did buy a Switch because Nintendo still has that effect on people. People oh, yeah. that are not video game players still bought a Switch and still have a handful of those titles. So uh, you know it's it's just. It's funny that none of us had it in our top five, but it's always been there. I mean, Zelda's Zelda's such a foundational. I mean, title. I played a lot of Link to the Past, but when I found out about Earthbound, I played way more Earthbound. Sure. Um, you know, and it was a, it was a, a an entry point for a lot of people too. In that way, mm-hmm. it just reminded you before you what play, games could be. Um, uh, Orchid of Time, you need to play Earthbound on your one of your mm-hmm. devices mm-hmm. because Earthbound is just so good, mm-hmm. and it. Even to this day, it stands up in terms of the depth of it and the pacing and everything. Yep. Uh, one of my all times. Yep. My number five, four, something, something like that. that. I forgot. I don't have the list in front of me. All right. I do have one thing I really want to just quickly talk about because mm-hmm. I just feel like I got to get it off my chest. Did either of you uh, suffer through Rebel Moon over the holidays? Oh, God, What's no. a Rebel Moon? Zack Snyder's new film. As no. soon as I as soon as I sniffed that thing, I'm not touching. I, I'm not touching Zack Snyder's I anything. I haven't even really heard of it. Zack oh, Snyder shit. couldn't pay me to touch him. So he wanted to do a Star Wars film, mm-hmm. and he approached Lucasfilm and said, "I want to do what was effectively uh, Seven Samurai." That's all he really wanted to do. He wanted to do a Seven Samurai film in the Star Wars universe, and they said. No, thank you. Didn't, isn't that what George Are Lucas wanted to do? He did, no, his wasn't the Seven Samurai. It was, it was Hidden was, Fortress. Right. Yeah, that but was, it's still Akira Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and so he's like, fine, I'm going to make my own uh, <laughs> Seven Samurai with hookers and blackjacks. <laughs> yes. And it's basically, there's a there's, ser- there's evidently there's an R-rated version. There's lightsabers in it. Like, he's got, it's called it Rebel Moon. Like, it's, go but fuck off, I, Zach. You know, I, we could do a whole podcast about how bad it is, and I don't want to get, get so into it, but I was just... We don't want to be the podcast where, where dudes yell about shit. I was we are yelling about flabbergasted shit. at how bad it was, how poor the world building was, about how lazy. He just steals from so many other worlds to create this 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 film this to to what should have been it could have been a truly spectacular idea look and it was there's, so there's room there's room for more space operas. oh god yes star wars already exists move on do something and it's new. and he and he had that opportunity and he just <laughs> went nah and just made a dumb dumb boring lazy film and 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 the one good the good thing that's come out of it is that it is basically forced zach to show his whole ass like this is him given carte blanche to do whatever you want with netflix money and this is what he presented and the fact that they said okay first of all it's a two-parter this is part one and part two is coming in april also i have an r-rated cut which i really think is going to do it and the fucking r-rated cut of this film is another hour long and like, like that's going to fix the fundamental structural flaws of this dog shit movie. Yeah, yeah, lightsaber with tits. Oh my god! I don't. I <laughs> like. It just doesn't. It doesn't make sense how how adding more to this is going to make Snyder it. There's a Snyder cut of a Snyder film of, a, of what is already a Snyder cut. Hey, like you dear, can't, dear Zack Snyder, fuck off. 
It's just incredible. He, and, and he gets high on his own supply. The good news is that the reaction has been almost universally negative. Like even his supporters are being really? quiet about it. Like nobody's really nobody's really supporting it. People Jeez. are like, you know, it's getting a lot of views, but I don't think anybody is going, "Wow, that was great. Let's watch his, it again." His supporters are all busy talking to Chat GPT. Oh my god. It's 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 just amazing how how bad it is and how there's so many lost opportunities in it. Like it feels like it's on the edge of being something great and he just he is a shitty writer and wouldn't let somebody else get involved that could have fixed that. You not. know what have fixed it? Akiva Goldman. Shut up. <laughs> but it's it's Look, I Zach, was just blown away by Zach's how absolutely genius. terrible it is. Zach is a genius. We and, just don't get it. He's just, a he's a visionary. He has visions, and even but even then, I mean, everybody, all the reviews we'll talk about are, are the is the absolutely jaw dropping amount of slow mo. Like that's the joke about Zack Snyder, and he was given carte blanche, and that's what he decided to use. Every fucking scene has to have a slow mo action sequence, and then he pulled a full exhibit. It's like, yo, dog, I heard you like slow-mo, so I put slow-mo in my slow-mo. So there's a slow-motion scene, and then it cuts to slower motion <laughs> as the action is being done. Usually somebody jumping in the air with a sword or something to just stab something. So it's like the slow-mo guys where they cut it down to slow-mo, and then they go to further slow-mo yeah, to show you what's happening. now we got a million have, frames a have second. Have you heard about still photography, Zach? Because oh, my God. You would it's, love it. It's like J.J. Abrams and his uh, lens flares. It is such a giant waste of creativity and talent and resources were there any solid names attached to it acting wise yeah anthony hopkins does the voice of the robot that has two scenes and probably more in the second half i guess anthony it's a paycheck hopkins <laughs> even mean, that it, character like he's he starts out as the narrator and then he's introduced as oh fuck i don't want to get into this is, i could get into the specifics is and anthony I don't, hopkins I british yeah, yeah. So, but British people, British actors can't turn down a paycheck. Motherfucker was in a Transformers movie. Yeah, for Christ's sake. yeah, no. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? He was probably great. Wasn't and that you know what? Dark of the Moon. Part for paid for the house. No, he's in the last night. Oh, the last night. That's it. Which was baffling. Anyway, if if anything, it emu- it, it emulates late Transformers films, which oh, tells you everything about it. And it's I just I was so disappointed because I was really hoping that it would truly be something interesting, something special. And it is the opposite. It is derivative as shit and I mean, boring and the person bad in Lucasfilm who turned this down is looking like a hero now. Yeah, really. Just I, I was just blown away how how bad Kathleen, it was. Kathleen Kennedy's pouring yourself an extra martini just, right yeah. now. <laughs> Bob Iger hands her a cigar and walks away. <laughs> to, to, but to suggest that a the second half will bring it all together and that like that's the true vision. Is It'll these tie two the films room together. together. And then to turn around and say actually it's the R-rated versions of both of those films tied together that represents the true vision. So Ugh. I I can I can get the long cuts of the Lord of the Rings movies mm-hmm. because they left a lot on the floor. Sure, like, I can understand. Rings. Yeah, I can understand that. But of his weird fetish Star Wars movie, he cut an hour out to bring it not to R. I don't want to know what that hour is. Yep. No, it's 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 amazing. It's, this is it's where he's got to fuck the space hooker to get the Force. Oh, it, I was again. I, That's I definitely what it is. I could so get into the specifics, and and in they're, this they're world, the forces tits. 
But just the seven samurai element, the fact that they go, they basically they set up the bad guys very badly, and then they're like, oh, we got to get we got to get the people together. I got to get a rebel crew together so we can fight the empire. And then they just go off and they find a guy, and then they find a guy, and then they find a guy, and then they find a guy, and then, <laughs> maybe, and then they get caught. Maybe it isn't seven samurai. Maybe it's three amigos. No, then it would be funny. There was this is one of the other things. No, Zack Snyder this, couldn't do something funny on purpose. This film has absolutely zero sense of humor. It is so oh, up geez. its own ass, and it barely it doesn't even have jokes in it or jokey characters. I mean, you know, he's got perfectly reasonable actors doing dumb, dumb shit and trying to give gravitas to it, like the the ninja uh, Jedi woman who's got the two laser swords. If her, her her intro sequence is her fighting a spider woman, and the spider woman, it's she's she's mad because the the miners took over her place and her children are starving, so she took one of the human children to feed towards to her children, and but they hired the the ninja woman to to take the child back, so they fight. And then, you know, she eventually wins the big, stupid, very poorly executed fight. And then they're like, that was amazing. Like, There's nothing good about that. And she sadly walks away because she was forced to kill this honorable spider woman. Like, okay. And then they just, and then these people, as they get introduced, literally become background. Every scene they're in afterwards, they're just in the background of the other scenes waiting for everything else it's to get because, assembled. It's because Zach was doing coke and had an idea and then wrote another page. Diplomacy I, is never an option. Jesus. It just it just it's fucking mind blowing how how you can put that much craft into something and that much work into something that just never should have left the page. That much money. It was $150 million. Probably each film, I assume, was 150 Maybe it was 150 for both. Well, maybe they saved on advertising because I haven't heard of this movie at all. Right, because it's Netflix. That's it. There's no ads for it because it's it's only on Netflix. If you fire up Netflix, that's the first thing you're going to see is an ad for Rebel Moon because they need you to see it. And they'll tell you that they've got you know, 50 million eyeballs were on it, which is probably 25 million people, which probably tapped out after five minutes. But they'll, they're pretending like it's a huge success for them because was, they need people to watch the second half. I was updating my Fire Stick today because I'm bringing it on the cruise. And I logged into Netflix to make sure my, my account was still logged in. And I don't recall seeing Rebel okay. Moon. They, I because had Scott Netflix, Pilgrim. They, oh, my God. Can I just, as, as a positive thing, Spot, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off is fucking phenomenal. It's, it is so good. If it you like the list. film at all, it is tremendous. It is such a great series. And there's so much love and craft and joy in this the, fucking series. All the actors from the movie came back. Every uh, one of them. Including um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Everybody. Like, before they, he was Captain America, he was Lucas Lee and Scott Pilgrim. Because they loved it, and they loved working with each other and with Edgar. And he, uh, Edgar doesn't have a lot to do with the with this piece, but it's just a uh, fantastic Apparently, series. all the actors had a group chat from when they filmed this in Toronto, and they've continued to talk to each other over the years through their Scott Pilgrim group chat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and greenlit this thing over uh over that michael sarah accidentally reignited the group chat when he messaged somebody and it's rekindled the whole thing and that started off the the desire to to make something and what they did was was a continuation and it built it built its own thing and it's meta but it's not in the shitty way that everything's they swerve you but in an extremely good way and so worth watching yeah again if, if you're if you haven't seen 
the the series on Netflix. It's worth it. It's one hundred percent worth your time. Whereas I can't even recommend Rebel Noon as bad movie night. Let's watch it because it's so bad. It's fucking nothing. It's flat. It's inert. There's no joy to be had in the watching. Inert of it. is such a good way to put it because there's nothing. You can't harvest even joy from how no, bad it is. It's it's just there, and it's fucking amazing that it got that they made it went. Good job, everybody. High fives all around. Let's let's push the shit out of this. Let's show everybody how much passion we put into it. Let's have a big frosty milkshake. So yeah, Scott Pilgrim takes off one thousand percent. Go, Rebel Moon zero. Oh my god, negative one thousand. Anyway, Kevin's going to cut this because oh, yeah. the podcast is nah, it's in. It's in the show notes. So okay. it's in. Thank you. I guess that'll do it for, for season two. We had we one. had some uh, some pent up podcasting was, to get apparently out. Apparently, that's exactly. And what it we ended had. on a positive note because Jamie reminded me about Scott Pilgrim takes off. <laughs> that's right, which Thank is you. fucking joyous. Thank and you, please Jamie. go, please watch that as soon as possible. All right, that will do it for us for this. Thank you, everybody, as always, for listening. You can go to operationpuppet.com for all of your links and all of this stuff. There will be more. We are starting a whole new season. More gaming, more puppets, more podcasting. More, 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 more. Join the Discord, etc. All right, that'll do it. You have been listening to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet podcast. Visit www.operationpuppet.com for all our links. Tell your friends, give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and join us again because nothing is more entertaining than aging nerds giving their opinions on the internet.